1: Welcome to the 42 cast your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything as always i am your host nathan and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about batwoman but before we do that let's meet our caster this week so starting off he is our resident bat fan he always has a drink in his hand and that is my buddy james how are you doing james good and what are we drinking today james well i'm actually just drinking a g fuel at the moment um i woke up
2: really late so i'm getting that caffeine Um, i'm disappointed in you james i know i know
3: (laughs) but i always
2: have whiskey on hand like i have like a 129 dollar bottle of bourbon here i've got another giant bottle of bourbon here i look like an alcoholic most of the time but i just keep it close you never know yeah sometimes sometimes you need a drink (laughs) you know you can mix coffee with alcoholic beverages You know, I was going to make coffee this morning, but I would have had to grind beans and I didn't Mm. want to do that. I live in Washington, so I'm I'm a snob. I didn't start that way, but I moved here and I became a coffee snob. I became uh, a music like snob. I'm like, no, if it's not on vinyl, it's just (laughs) not great. Um, A beer snob, like all of that stuff, everything that became Washington. Like I finally bought my first flannel. Uh, jacket this winter and so like I'm indoctrinated like all I need is the Subaru and like I'm Washingtonian <laughs> they, they don't wear flannel in Montana uh, like farmers and ranchers do but like general public not really oh okay yeah Yeah. that's sort of my what was my my impression
1: of montana was a flannel state
2: (laughs) no like they're they're a big car heart state well maybe up until recently but (laughs) with them they're like they're like yeah no is it canvas unbreathable and i'll just sweat to death
1: yes i'll wear that i'll do that (laughs) nice nice (laughs) so uh anything new and exciting going on since the last time you were on the show yeah.
2: Uh, I'm no longer working in mortgage, which I'm super excited about. That's been the most stressful industry to ever work in. So my job is a loan officer at a local credit union. and uh, I start on Monday. So tomorrow from the date that this is being
1: recorded. So nice. yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, it sounds cool. Good to, good to start a job that doesn't have you in a stressful industry. Yeah. Well, and my boss, he's a huge nerd like me. So
2: he's into <laughs> like video games and comics and D&D. And I was just like, oh. We're going to get along just fine personally. So no, hopefully you're not a jerk professionally. I,
1: I, oh God, you're living the dream, man. Because like I live in Wisconsin and it's all like football and hunting and fishing and that's it. And I like do none of those things. And so it's like, I'm just like, I have no way to like associate with like my coworkers. It's just like, we don't, I, I don't communicate with you in this language. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, but at least the IT guy, the IT guy, actually, I talked to about my geeky pursuits, but he's like the only guy at the company (laughs) that I can talk to about stuff. But uh, It's good to have you back on the show, James. Always good to be back. All right, and next up, you know him as the man you love to hate, and that is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm hanging in there, you know, uh, uh, living the dream.
4: Um, I think we just, we hit our first 90 degree day this past week here in texas and while at the same time my sister and and uh, i hate you and what uh, hey i mean i'm just i was about to follow it up with my sister in kansas had snow on the ground so you know yeah,
1: we've been, you, you, we've been having mean... snow this past week and uh we've been having highs in the 30s i mean today it's actually in the 40s <laughs> but uh we've been having high temperatures in the 30s this past week so yeah it's not i mean
4: i wouldn't hate that I shouldn't be wearing cargo shorts in <laughs> April. You know, I, one, I shouldn't be wearing cargo shorts at all. I was about but... to
1: say that I shouldn't have a time limiter on it. You shouldn't be wearing cargo shorts. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I mean, it's uh just uh you know one day at a time, and um, uh just trying 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 to get through my backlog of stuff to watch and read. <laughs>
1: yeah, gotcha. Yeah, um, I feel your pain on that yeah it is real. The yeah, in fact, is real in fact you were the reason why we had to wait to do the batman or the batwoman podcast and
4: you know what there's a good chance the next one you're gonna have to wait for that
1: too, you know? so there's no cw station in houston
4: there's no well there is a local CW. I mean i guess if i bought like you know an antenna i could yes there is a local cw station but i have Direct TV stream or whatever through a t and t, and I guess due to contract negotiations, they no longer carry the CW. <laughs> so you know I'm stuck, yeah, I'm stuck watching it online. <laughs> and you know it's funny because because I've been watching them on the CW's app and they have commercials, which isn't a problem. it's mm. the fact that it's the same five commercials over and over again it, it, it's just and you can't fast forward through them I, I just literally I can. I can you Macy's current, you know, specials if you want to
1: know. I mean, I, I've got that news for you. No, because um, like a few and- times, like, our DVR has, like, not worked properly. And so we've had to watch the episode on the app. And I know exactly what you're saying. Every commercial break, it's the same few commercials. <laughs> and it's just like, why?
4: <laughs> you know, in every other streaming thing, I've argued they should have a you know a cheaper or free with ad version the cw is the one exception i'm willing to dish out you know three bucks five bucks a month right now to get rid of these you know but they won't take my money yeah, <laughs> I mean, i've I, never been in this situation before
1: i know hulu's but hulu's the same way though like when they threw the yeah. throw the commercials out it's the same commercials i, I remember when i was watching runaways You know like it would be like the same few commercials like every break and so you know that's i don't i don't buy the special hulu without commercials because i don't use it enough to justify paying more yeah
4: it's it this is the yeah um now i did you did tell me that uh hbo max see this is funny because when you told me hbo max had the episodes on them and i checked and they only had season one and two then i finished watching the entire season and just on a lark i checked yesterday and now season three is on hbo max so you know
1: that's, that's yeah it's just, weird because you know, i saw a thing on facebook that was saying like all season three was on hbo max and that's why i told you like hey you don't have to do anything yeah. you know special so i don't know when they dropped it but apparently it was after i i read you it know. on facebook it's probably like the next day after you checked oh, it was on exactly. there exactly <laughs> i mean it was
4: the midnight following when i finished the last episode you know mm. that's when it hit
1: okay yeah. all
4: right I well, don't know it, that but i know that
1: uh, <laughs> all right well it's good to have you back on the show uh, Ryan. thank you and finally finally she is our expert on cw and on women's superheroes and that is my buddy cammy how are you doing cammy
3: hi nathan
0: i am doing wonderful thank you for having me today
1: oh it's always fun to have you back on the show cammy
0: Well, I'm happy to be here, and you didn't ask, but I'll let you know what I'm drinking. It's Traditional Medicine's throat coat tea in a Star Trek mug.
1: Oh, very nice. Keeping it geeky.
0: Yes, always.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the challenge with you is always aligning with your schedule so that the stars are right so that we can have you on the show.
0: Well, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough job being a full-time villainess and I'm just happy anytime I can fit in a podcast where I can complain about a CW show that I secretly love and aggressively watch.
1: (laughs) So out of curiosity, besides the Arrowverse shows, and even then I, I think you don't watch all of them, but besides the Arrowverse shows, what else do you watch on the CW?
0: On the CW, um, you know, it's mostly the Arrowverse shows these days. There's a few odd ones from before that I was kind of keeping up with, but you know, I'm, I'm told I should get into all American. I think that's in its final season, but I haven't given that a shot. You know what I've been using Nathan to, to fill up the, the trash hole that CW shows used to fill.
1: So no, what are you Netflix? using?
0: Netflix reality shows. Have you guys been watching Love is Blind or The Ultimatum? It's just the worst people in the entire world trying to love each other. It's so entertaining. I can't recommend it (laughs)
1: highly enough. Is, Is Love is Blind the one where they put on this like huge amount of like cosplay, like makeup and everything, and go on the on the date so that they don't actually know what the person looks like because there's so much makeup on them, like the like it's like a creature face rather than like an actual human face.
0: Well, no, but I'm gonna go look up whatever you're describing because no, I want to watch that too. That
1: is another show that is on Netflix. Yeah, that no, I know there's a show incredible. on Netflix. that's a yeah. thing where they they fix people up, but you don't know what the person you're sitting with. So it's only person that's so supposed to be like you only can tell their personality because you're interacting, you're at a restaurant together, but their face is made up to look like like an alien mm. or whatever. Like it's like you know like that level of of, of makeup on them. Yeah.
0: Well, that unpacks another conversation. Like, what if you like aliens? You know, did they consider that?
2: Oh, I guarantee this show has made people discover if they're into furries or fuzzies or whatever. Like, they've All discovered right. some new kinks about themselves.
3: It
4: re- Suddenly, it's like therapy. your personality is
2: crap, but the mask is working.
0: <laughs> the antenna can stay. The pro- everybody else can go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. So, yeah, that is definitely what I saw commercial for that. I was just like, oh, oh, okay. But um, yeah, I was just curious because you said like you love talking about the CW shows that, you know, you hate but secretly love and and all that. So I was wondering if there was anything that wasn't an Arrowverse show, like if you watch Riverdale or... Flash
0: now. Well, Riverdale, you had to call me out. I admit, yes, I I watch Riverdale and I can really make the case it's not as bad as everybody claims it to be. But that sounds like another show for another day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I admit my opinion is Fully formed by the commercials, but the commercials right. always make it look awful. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to watch those.
0: Right. The epic highs and lows of high school football.
1: And <laughs> just old shredded... redheads
0: playing teen girls. And yeah. So on.
2: Shredded, bare chested young men standing in the rain. Like, that's right. That's the
1: show. Right. right.
0: And witches. So, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Randomly. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> good well Kemi, it's always fun to have you on it's good to have you back on the show great to be here all right so next up it's time for our five minute controversy and i'm gonna admit right off the bat we didn't have a huge controversy to deal with this week because i'm not talking about the will smith slap which at the time of this recording is the only controversy anybody wants to talk about but um still want to do a controversy still want to do the loosening up beforehand and so what was suggested to me that i'm going to use is uh ezra miller um getting arrested And now there are many rumors about, uh, you know, him no longer having a future with Warner. Some Warner execs have said, hey, like the reporting isn't completely accurate, but they don't actually really set the record straight as far as what is going on. So there's a sort of nebulous cloud around Ezra Miller and the Flash movie franchise. But people are calling for Grant Gustin to be the new movie Flash. And with the idea that we already know in this Flash movie, they're going to uh reboot batman from ben affleck to um michael keaton it would be just as easy for them to have the flash like (laughs) run somewhere and then like suddenly the camera pans back over and he's got a different face too so uh just thoughts on the idea of you know rebooting the flash to grant gustin um cammy since this was your idea why don't you start us off
0: well, you know, based on the long track record of excellent acting that has occurred on the CW's Flash, I, I see no way this could go wrong. Um, you know, if that, if if the Flash seasons one through whatever we've been put through currently seven, eight is the is the audition reel, as it were. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you hire that team? Okay,
1: <laughs> James. <laughs>
2: it's like it's just yeah I mean like like regardless of the situation it's just like hey I will say Warner Brothers not being transparent no they've never (laughs) done that never about any property that they've made Uh, but yeah I just uh, Grant Gustin like I like him in the continuity that he's in it's just when I look at I think the thing you have to look at you can't just go oh but he's an amazing flash on this show that I enjoy you have to look at it from like what what's his movie track record like actual film on a big screen because he's he films... been in a film on the big screen so he did do a Netflix movie uh oh, okay. that's coming out yeah. here soon it's supposed to be he was on glee
0: guys don't, yeah. don't undersell yeah, him. yeah like it' a whole <laughs> warbler on Glee.
2: But it, it's, it's that whole, the jump from television to cinema is is a big, big jump. And yeah. some pull it off, some don't. And we've just, not seen any, <laughs> we've just not seen anything from Grant to suggest that that kind of a jump to go from, not and not just like a jump to a normal movie. No, we're going to jump to a DC property that people are really hyped for. Will like kind of set things straight for DC going forward outside of like Robert Pattinson's the Batman or anything like they want they want to establish something with continuity and I'm just like I you're already destroying continuity by just changing the character um, and I really think what's going on with Ezra's a number of different things and they need a lot of help right now like that's what they need they they need support. And so it's not that like I want to see them give Ezra the opportunity to like redeem, like RDJ this. You know, like if if there's a substance abuse problem, like get yourself, you know, straight. Uh, you know, let's let's get you with somebody that can help you with like whatever issues are going on for yourself. Like, like let's try to work together and get you on the right path so that you can do this. Cause Ezra's a good actor. He really is. Like, I like a lot of the stuff I've seen seen them in, but I want to see them um you know, succeed in this and not just like, oh, just another sad Hollywood case of psychological problems and drugs will just throw them to the side. They'll be fine in like eight years. Let's just do that. I don't want to see that for them. I want to see them definitely succeed in this. So I don't think moving to Grant Gustin would be the best choice. And I think Grant is doing a great job with what he's got. It's just, it's, it's a big polarity shift. I think tone wise, if they were to do, do that
1: yeah I will say this I was very annoyed by Grant Gust or not Grant, Greg- the Ezra Miller's flash in the original release of Justice League where it seemed like all he was, was there to make dumb lines and be goofy I think this Snyder Cut really improved uh the flash especially I felt like yeah he was still goofy and everything but like there was more to him than that and I felt like You know for the for the mixed feelings if you want to go back you can go to our snyder cut episode that we did uh a year (laughs) or so ago um but um i feel like he was like like that that sold me on him as the flash was the snyder cut version um but ryan what are your thoughts on this
4: i i kind of agree with you there like the snyder version made him interesting um suddenly i was on board um as far as the whole ezra miller miller traversing general goes. Uh, I do have a quick question because I don't follow the actor at all, but uh, is it they, them? Is that uh, yes. the preferred? Okay, alright. Um, my second, uh, but I mean, the thing is, whenever they're not transparent that usually just means there's even worse coming down, <laughs> you know. It's never, there's never, they're not being transparent because it's good news, you know.
1: Well, um, or it could just be they don't, I haven't made decisions yet, and like, oh, yeah, 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 maybe some aspects of the reporting that say that they have definitively decided he's done are, are, are not correct because they haven't decided that yet, but it's kind of like we, when we decide, you'll know what we decided.
4: Well, I mean, obviously I, I do think they should get all the help that they need, but, um, and I'm not even saying that they shouldn't be in, in further productions uh, because I mean, again, when, when all the details are out, we'll see. Um, however, I'm going to say something that, uh, is going to really, really tick off two people who, uh, Will eventually listen to this podcast who who are friends with, and that is I'm going to say, you know that they, because this when when they cast Ezra back in like 1998 uh, for this for this film, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know I, like for the first year he was cast. Or, um, first year they were cast I really got Ezra they don't look they look nothing alike I acknowledge this but for whatever reason in my head I kept replacing Ezra Miller with Adam Driver so I say we just replace Ezra with Adam and he goes my original plan and it's problem solved you know just Darth the splash. idea of
0: Adam Driver playing a role where he has to run fast just feels like it defies the laws of physics like I cannot imagine that man running that feels It's wrong. Always like
2: slow motion running right. it's like he's got those Lanky legs. Like I don't mean to dog on him, but he does. He's got really long legs. It just feels like he'd step over buildings, not be quick. Like (laughs) it doesn't work.
4: I agree. And like, and now, now at this point in time, having seen you know girls in Star Wars and everything, I realize they are not the same person. But you know, I still would. I would still show up for this.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um. No. I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. No. I mean. The whole problem is DC has no plan. They do not have a Kevin Feige. We've been saying this for years. They don't know what they're doing. And it seemed like, and this is the other problem, is they do keep getting plagued by bad things happening to them like this and the controversy that's sort of like, because it seemed like they had a plan, like, We are going to do a multiverse and have things like the Batman that are completely separated, but we still want to keep like a Justice League continuity and the Flash movie is going to be like the key to them resetting things to the way they want them. And now this controversy has come up and now it's like, oh crap, what are we going to do with the Flash movie? And how are we going to like, how is this going to work in with what we were planning to move things forward so that we have an interconnected universe with all of these characters. So um, we'll save it with peace maker is <laughs> the only one you can save it <laughs> but this is the thing here's the thing that you've got to think about if they replace it with grant gustin and theoretically then the the t the Arrowverse tv universe and the movie universe is then going to be connected so you start imagining grant gustin with Jason Momoa or Gal Gadot, and it all starts falling apart because you realize then that the level oh, of acting- you start
0: imagining that. I
1: refuse. <laughs> 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 or even Michael Keaton. Like you imagine him acting opposite these people and you can already tell that it's not going to work because he's just mm-hmm. not at the level that to act with those people so i don't know i just don't I, I think i think it would it would all kind of fall apart so yeah go I'd
3: absolutely
0: uh, crazy and replace him with carlos valdez instead of grant
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i i would have agreed with all this but now i have to step in and defend grant a little bit i mean he's been working with what he's
1: given you know i mean <laughs> right i mean he's an unknown quantity for a for a film like he could yeah. actually pull it off maybe
4: I well, guess is it, is the it reverse true? Could Ezra step in and be on the CW Flash? Can we imagine Jason Momoa showing up? Well, uh, if he could Galaga? restrain himself
1: from being violent, because this isn't even the first time Ezra has 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 beaten yeah. up somebody. Like, wasn't there controversy at a convention a few years back where he beat up somebody because they were upsetting him or upsetting them for some reason? Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I'm but I'm just even from like. Does it, it's got to be able to go but for Grant to step up to the film. Yeah. It, it has to flow both ways. Could 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 you see, you know, um, uh, I I don't know. Could, could, can we see uh, Jason Momoa on Legends of Tomorrow? I
1: mean, honestly, yes. I, I mean, Jason, yes. Like, yeah. I mean, but that's—you're taking the most absurd Arrowverse show, and you're taking Jason Momoa, who just wants to just be Jason be Momoa in any like show or movie that'll have him. So I mean, yeah, like he could just, just be like Ronin from Stargate Atlantis on Legends of Tomorrow, and then you <laughs> so, know, so he could show oh up, and his
2: only line could be like one of five lines they gave him in Justice League, and he could just be like, <laughs> "My man," and like oh, man. show sold, show done. <laughs>
1: One episode, we knocked it out. Just have them them jump into a fight and be like, my man. And then he just just keeps going. Well, and that's something, but that is something like the difference
2: is like he's somebody who went from television two movies so we know we that he can translate backwards and and that is the truth like not every mainstream actor can do that i mean i've seen i've seen big time movie actors who have been movie actors for a long time try to go to television and it just doesn't work and it's because they all discover the same thing and kevin smith talked about this when he directed uh, his first episode of the flash because he had never directed tv and he was like it's not like directing a movie at all it's Mm -hmm. totally completely different he goes because you go in there and you're like oh yeah i've got some great ideas some ways we can line up the shots you know some really good stuff and then the executives are like you need to do a b c and d like these are the things that have to happen in the production of this episode and it's just like oh oh okay like you're really just kind of told when to be there and how they want it filmed and then like you get a little creative input as the director somewhere mixed in there um so that is it's a big jump and i don't know yeah no
1: so anyway i mean we're i think we're talking about this longer than it really merits but uh (laughs) that's (laughs) good job cammy that was a much better controversy (laughs) than i thought it would be
0: (laughs) you know what you're so welcome
1: (laughs) but yeah um so yeah that's where we stand on the grant gustin replacing ezra miller issue um I'm, I'm sure in another month or two but before this airs, there'll be more news and more speculation and everything. But that's that's our little snapshot in time for you. At some point, somebody will be like, you keep Ezra's name out,
2: you'll...
0: <laughs> that is the only acceptable Oscars reference that we can make on today's podcast.
1: Bravo. <laughs> right. But anyway... Now we're gonna get on to actually talking about Batwoman, which is what we're here for. But before that, we're gonna pause for a promo from another five podcast.
0: You know what? Now is a good time for?
4: It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode where we talk about conspiracy theories. Cartoons of our childhood. Star Trek quizzes. Movies that we've liked. Pod racing. General pop culture. Fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the
1: ESO Network. And we're back. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, we're not talking about The Flash this week. We are talking about Batwoman season three. Uh, So this is the first season of Batwoman that's actually been stable because the first season had to introduce the character. The second season had to in- reintroduce the character as a new character. And now this season, they finally had all the pieces in place. They were able to actually run with it. The uh, I don't know how the COVID protocols were going, but they were probably fairly strong in force still based on when this had to have been shot. But um, I-, I felt like it was a little less noticeable. Uh, this season than last season and also they went with a shorter season it was a 13 episode season rather than trying to do uh you know a a 20 or your I forget what last season was but it wasn't quite 20 but it was close to 20 uh episode season so they they condensed the timeline a bit and focused the storytelling I think a little bit more um but to sort of start us off on this one The idea of the season, a lot of it sort of dealt with the legacy of Batman and Batwoman dealing with the legacy of Batman. So on that aspect, how do you feel that the season did? So let's start with you on this one, Ryan. Uh,
4: (laughs) Okay, so like from a, a meta perspective, I hated it only because it seems like the CW's or Berlanti's Berlanti versus only idea for pandemic stories is a quest you know, we've got to find all the virtues. We've got to find, you know, all the bat weapons. We've got to find uh, um, whatever they're looking for on Flash. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's it's just, it's, I was like, oh, great. We're doing this again. Yay. So in, in the, in the greater context, I hated it, but specifically to batwoman i liked it if that means. and that i had that problem with this this season a lot it was the best episode and the worst epi- episode at the exact same time ever all season long well, and, well, um... the
1: berlanti shows showrunners not talking to each other <laughs> doing the same but i swear so there was this one time this one week where they did the same story of a vigilante taking over like uh, the yeah. city and that causing blowback on the hero in both arrow and supergirl on the same week the same week but anyway yeah hey at least at that time that would have been two separate
4: universes so you know well, that's true but <laughs> it's on the same
1: channel the same week yeah, with the same I, I know. <laughs> production company yeah
4: i mean i thought it was kind of a, a a good way of just also connecting batman to ryan and just skipping kate you know all together uh, i had i had there was a lot about it that i liked and a lot that i didn't i do feel like because of the whole quest aspect of it the first half of the season ran episodic you know each episode was its own self-contained uh, adventure and everything and then we got the whole arcs uh towards the back half of the of the season and i even liked although we had well, this is going to be a much longer discussion but i even liked that it kind of gave a purpose to alice because i was like wondering what the heck they were going to do with her this season and i have problems with it and I have things that I liked but at least it was a yeah if you squint this makes sense you
1: know. Yeah you mentioned two things you mentioned three things I want to get back to but let's start with the overall like of the of the legacy sort of idea so um what about you Cammie?
0: Well for me I thought that this idea of like you you called it a quest storyline I I I was kind of thinking of it as like a collection storyline you're having to go collect things The positive aspect to it is that it came at the right time, and I felt a lot of the moments that we had this season, any choice that affected more than one or two episodes sequentially came at the right time. So, for example, this idea of collecting all these past weapons, that blah, 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 blah plotline It generates interest in future seasons at the right time in Ryan's journey. So right now we are just understanding who she is, but now we need to understand what she's going to do. So these little snippets of, oh, what about this weapon? What about this potential villain? What about that? You're putting out feelers that you can actually capitalize on depending on what sticks, what's interesting, what resonates with her character. We can now have these little Easter eggs back to this scene where such and such was first mentioned. So it came at the right time. That's coming for me and I'm not usually somebody who gets super excited about Easter eggs. I that's that's not the, the part of this universe that most excites me. I will also say some of the things they touched on, like Mary's poison Ivy journey and all of that. I, I'm glad that they did this now because I could see that being a storyline that would be, for lack of a better term, annoying in a later season, eat up too much time, but getting to address it now felt kind of fun. And even if it was sucking a lot of screen time from a certain episode or the pacing at times felt a little off, it was kind of okay because we have, um, we, we have a lot of buy-in right now, I think in terms of time, we feel earlier than season three because it's only the second season with Ryan. So there's a level of patience I have as a viewer at this point that I'm not going to have in two seasons.
1: Uh, frankly and, and we're going to talk about this more later but frankly to me the mary storyline was the most interesting thing going on so i was fine that it was taking front and center stage uh at that point mm-hmm. um but james what do you think about the legacy aspect
2: yeah i mean i think when we talk about when we mentioned like uh you know not knowing specifically like what covid protocols and stuff were i think i think It felt obvious to me that part of the protocols was like if some like because you had really kind of random screen time for some characters, like some characters were getting more than we would see them in your typical average episode have where there was a lot more story focus. I think that's part of the focus uh, of developing this story with Mary is there could have been other things going on behind the scenes where it was just like, you know, we couldn't have, you know, all the actors on you know, on stage that day. So it's just like, you know, so we're going to focus on this storyline because we can more accurately have these people together uh, more frequently.
1: Just, kind of just devil's advocate on that one. I honestly thought it was that they realized that as Mary was, she was becoming superfluous to the plot and they needed to do something to like integrate her back in by having her go on such a big break. Like and there had to be the break to have a more organic way of like sort of getting her back in with the group. So I don't know, I felt like because Mary was so sidelined and was so mistreated by that group. And I'm glad that they said like finally yeah. after three, you know two seasons of watching Mary being like just the well we just come to you and we need something character that it was finally like oh let's address that. But anyway. Yeah. It- no, no, you're fine.
2: And and and, and I don't disagree. It, it, I I in like you said, I mean, it's kind of a legacy season. Everything's about legacy in this. It is we're, we're talking about the legacy of Batman uh, and, and how and how Ryan as Batwoman is like stepping into that role. And I think going back to like original Bat villain devices, like while like the whole journey, as we call it in the open world gaming or MMO world, fetch quests. I hate fetch quests in every game I play. I hate the run to the thing, get the stuff, then bring it back to me. Oh, and I didn't give you the other shopping list. It's also going to require you to go back to the same general place and get the thing and then bring it back to me.
1: (laughs) Okay, but but I I mean, I know this is a low bar, but it was better than the Supergirl one.
2: It's fair, yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, in that many ways. That
2: is a low bar, you right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I still got the point of it story-wise, and it's not that they didn't do interesting things with it, uh, but it's not just, you know, that, that legacy of Batman. It's the legacy of Poison Ivy. Um, You know, I think the story plot of designing what happened to Ivy, I thought was really interesting, because I've never seen that in in a lot of the like comic mediums or even animated mediums it's always she's treated just like any other villain it's just like yep beat her somehow knocked her out sent her to arkham where she's no danger there she's perfectly fine and i love the fact that they explored that aspect of like no it didn't matter where where we put her she had access to light or or water like she was a danger no matter what we had to put her somewhere none of those things were possible so it brings in that whole like morality of what batman himself did and do you carry on with that would you have made the same moral choice and are you going to change it now and we see what characters do to that um the legacy of the joker um you know we've never seen an on-screen joker like it's hinted at that joker kind of disappeared right about the same time that batman disappeared Um, through previous episodes and so like the city hasn't seen the Joker in many years nobody really knows what happened to him he just vanished Um, so just like somebody stepping into that role is like I need to be the amount of massive chaos now do I like the way that that character did so that's debatable but I think I think just trying to do all this legacy work i do think it worked well for the season it was obvious to me that this was like how do we step away from season two because season one was all ruby rose season two was how do we make this batwoman feel unique and stand separately from ruby rose now how do we build her as a character in season three so that she continues on a legacy and builds her own um i think they had some great ideas and obviously like any cw
1: show They had some not so great ideas, but overall I was satisfied. Yeah, I mean, I was really happy with this because I felt like if you're going to do this, and and I think that's the thing that Supergirl largely avoided, which I think much to, you know, was was a bad thing. If you're going to say that this hero exists in a world where there was a previous hero that they're sort of modeling themselves on, you need to deal with the legacy aspect. You know, I think maybe Supergirl fought like one or two people that Superman had fought, but otherwise, and well, until Lex shows up, like it was like almost like a complete break, like Supergirl's villains and everything were completely different from what Superman faced. I'm just Um, glad Ryan didn't decide she needed to keep a journal too. (laughs) right well we're gonna get to where i think that the show like failed by completely just shoehorning ryan into a kate plot uh but we're we're, (laughs) we'll get there when we talk about sophie but anyway
0: (laughs) kate plot that's an interesting euphemism Uh,
1: so um but, yeah, no, I, I think that they by dealing with that, by dealing with the fact that, hey, this city had Batman. That's where Batwoman's coming from. There's got to be left of more than just the bat cave. Still has to be left behind from that period and dealing with, you know, villains or the items those villains had or just even the fallout of actions of things that happened. And so I hope they don't limit that. I mean, that was the focus this season, but I hope it still comes up if they do have later seasons, because. As of the time of this recording, Batwoman has not been uh, renewed, so we don't know for sure if there will be a fourth season. But if they do continue it, I still would like them in an episode or two every season to deal with some kind of legacy aspect back to Batman's period, because I think that just makes sense. And there's still a whole lot more to mine. I was really hoping they were going to capitalize in this season on the line last season about like you killed Riddler's daughter. Like you are like you're you're done. Like, like I was hoping Riddler would come back, you know, into Gotham or something like that. Because I still want to see some of the characters. You know, a lot of the legacy stuff this season except for Poison Ivy was just like their gimmicks. But I would still like to see any surviving Bat-villains also show up and have ryan have to face up to you know characters that kept batman you know on his toes because i think that would be interesting um but yeah i i was very happy with the legacy aspect i thought it was a good direction for them to go and also helped show how ryan is a hero in her own right is able to go up against batman's villains but isn't necessarily going to solve things the same way batman did which i think was also important um One thing I just wanted to ask everybody um, because it came out of left field to me because in this season – and I guess maybe there was a line at the end of last season. I never saw Kate as the CEO of Wayne Enterprises. I thought Kate just was getting some office space from Wayne Enterprise, was allowed to have Bruce's old office. But suddenly it's like, oh yeah, Ryan's like, Kate left the whole company to Ryan and she is the CEO. Like that came out of left field. Am I, am I wrong about that? Did that seem weird to you guys?
0: That's so sexist of you. Just kidding. I felt the same. <laughs>
1: It's nothing sexist. It's like Kate set up, you know, a bar and everything like I did not think she was running Wayne Enterprises.
4: They I don't think they ever really I mean, there was a gap, obviously, between when Bruce left and Kane and Kate would have taken over. So who was in charge there? And frankly, if this season tells anything, you can take over Wayne Enterprises in like five minutes. Uh, All it takes is like one phone call or, you know, so maybe Kay just decided, you know, running a a lesbian bar is kind of boring. I want to be a CEO now. So, I mean, I can totally see that being a
3: thing.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they also established like in season one when she first goes to Wayne Tower, there's like nobody there like right. nobody like everything and, it. and now it. it's like a fortune yeah, 500 company that's
1: like a big deal and and it's like oh hostile takeover and this is a huge <laughs> impact and i'm like there there was nothing going on like nobody was investing any time in wayne enterprises well, like
4: i mean you, you also have to remember this is a concept of batman and of of, of wayne of of it all where
1: to get to the Batcave? cave first you have to go up 40 floors to go down 45 <laughs> floors you know? so why not yeah i don't understand why they moved the Batcave cave to the middle of the city like that doesn't like make any sense because you know the idea was always like wayne manor was like on the outskirts yeah. of the city you know and like you know maybe not even technically in the city uh but you know so you had to go out there but now it's like oh the Batcave's cave's right in the middle of the city
4: you know, I, I, at least I will give the Batman at least credit there. They did it in a way that made sense as like an abandoned subway station or something right. like that. I was like, okay, I can I can live with this. But yeah, here it's still, still a cave where oh, – oh, oh, I'm sorry. I do have to mention this because it's relevant to uh, I think a point that uh, – Uh, Someone made, but you know, the Batcave. Where by the way, every episode people are walking around a stump with vines growing on it, going, Where could poison ivy be? and they walk around (laughs) again. I wonder where Bruce put poison ivy.
1: Like, you're she's right, you're walking right past her, she's right there. Where could she be? You know, it's a cave, but there's there's plants growing in it. Maybe, like, you guys
2: know that trees
1: don't grow in caves, (laughs) right. oh god well i mean let's not analyze too deeply the idea of putting her somewhere without any water means putting her in In a a cave cave. (laughs) because what caused that cave to form in the first place generally water
3: (laughs)
0: notably dry we don't
1: talk geology and all that wait if you ever go in like if any of the writers ever went into a cave they would feel like it was a little damp you know
4: it's it's not just a cave it's a cave under an island surrounded by water you know with apparently terrible flood irrigation systems you know so yeah what could okay, be Okay that's only in area? the
1: ba- like we don't know if the CW version of Gotham <laughs> is like about to be drenched underwater. or no, no. something even even break. this
4: one i mean uh Mary's clinic flooded
1: Hmm, that's fair but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah so that was that was just something like it was weird to me because i was like suddenly it just seemed like they were saying something that you know like I was like, I, I don't, they never established that Kate was the CEO. And then, you know, I, I know she said she'd left things to Ryan, but I didn't think it was like the company. I thought it was just the Cave. but anyway, um, and the office, of course.
0: I just want everybody to tell me good job for not making any inappropriate jokes while you guys were talking about wet caves
4: for two <laughs> minutes on end.
1: Good job, Cammie. <laughs> <laughs> You did yourself. Thank you,
4: Thank you so much.
1: With, with bats welcome. flying around inside of it, I don't know what jokes you could possibly make.
0: Nothing comes to mind. I no. mean,
1: the other thing that I was really surprised about was that I thought since they recast Kate, that like Kate would show up for an episode or two every season. And I was really surprised not to see Kate come back, you know, for, you know, like I've been searching for Bruce, but, you know, I'm just coming back, you know, to take care of something or oh just to i rest traveled halfway
2: or... across, around the world looking for bruce i just happened to be in the area for a day and thought i'd say hi and schmooze a little bit all right bye bye now i gotta go <laughs> keep looking
4: for bruce i kind of figured that's an aspect of it only being 13 episodes and they had to pick and choose if they had the full 22 order we would have gotten that and we would have gotten um i'm blanking on his name but uh papa um daddy crow
1: um, oh as oh well. yeah yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it sounds like he's kind of done with the show. That might be the actor's choice. I just figured when they hired Wallace Day to be the new Kate, it would have been like, you know, like, hey, you're going to do X number of episodes per season, like kind of contract, not just, hey, just show up in season two and, and then it, bye. So. It
4: could also be they literally just wanted to give Ryan a full season by herself. I mean, you know. It could be. Yeah. I, even still, even though technically Ryan's been Batwoman, at least in more episodes than Ruby Rose, Um, at this point in time I don't know what the the actual chronological time in the bat universe is but she's been had more screen time it still feels like it's newer for
1: her than it than it did for Kate at least for me well that's because um Ryan hasn't spent her whole life training basically to be (laughs) Batman before knowing she was because that was like Kate's backstory was like oh yeah I've like I basically also
0: did crossovers (laughs)
1: as well as a
0: introduction prior to this
1: yeah, no, that's true, uh, and and but I mean Ryan did show up on The Flash this season for an episode, so I mean she did at least they are trying to draw some connected because I was that's what I kept thinking was like nobody knows that Ryan exists in the greater Arrowverse because but, they only know Kate because yeah. they stopped doing the crossovers. Diggle's been on twice now, and I don't think he's had a scene with Ryan yet. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we got to get back to Diggle, but hold on, hold on, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about oh, you know what? Let's talk about Diggle now did anyone else get the impression that they no. hinted that diggle is ryan's father i knew you're gonna say that no <laughs>
0: absolutely yes
1: yeah because no. my wife and absolutely. i both looked at each other like because they're hinting that she had a relationship with diggle yes. in the past and it's like and he knew about like the hiding the kid and i was like holy crap is dig ryan's father and no, then absolutely. he never went anywhere with it. I mean they were just
0: they were they were dropping some feelers they can do some take backsies on it but it's Mm -hmm. very clear that they were trying to insinuate that that's a possibility and even the way they talked about her father this season of he's just like not like they were just kind of ambiguous a bit about it and trying to use some cagey language um, I, I think that that is something they want us as the viewers to question um, or maybe ask for, and <laughs> they'll capitalize on it. Well, I
1: mean, it automatically makes Ryan 10 times cooler than she is right now if Dig is <laughs> oh, her yeah. father. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> except,
4: except Dig, under no circumstances, would ever abandon his child if he knows that child is out there he wouldn't have what logical reason would he have had to, to walk it would have to be a fantastic reason for him to walk away from
1: her well dig 20 years ago may not be like the dig now maybe he was like okay but then he would but then dig now would have found her and you know been like hey
4: hey i'm sorry i was in it i was helping my brothers out you know it, and he would have found a, he would have still owned up to it secondly because you had mentioned this on facebook or wherever i was kind of yeah. looking for it when i was watching the episode And I noted distinctly, and it's not a big deal. Like, like Kimmy says, they can go rewrite it, write it any way they want to. But Dig specifically says, your daughter, not, you know, our daughter, not your, not, you know, whatever. It's just just Mm. the way he said it implied that it was hers and hers alone. Do I believe they had a relationship? Yeah, sure. That was the chemistry was there, definitely. But I just, I don't, you can have a relationship and, you know, progeny does not have to be. No, no, no. I, I get
1: that. I get that. But I'm just, yeah. No, I was just like, oh, my goodness, you know, there because, I mean, you know <laughs> that David Ramsey is trying to find his in back into the Arrowverse, right? God, like, yes. he's like, <laughs> definitely he's like, use Diggle anywhere you can. And like, I'm trying to, like, create like a permanent home somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, is that going to be his in as he's Ryan's
4: dad? He wasn't even on the script for that episode. He was just on set. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: He just showed up and was just, he just like walked on. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, y'all didn't get the right? I don't know. To do. She just had to play along with it because she exactly. didn't know what else. To just do. like, who did
2: makeup for him? Who did that? How did he get here? <laughs> they just delivered a good line, and they were like, I mean, I guess this is good. We're
1: just gonna roll with it. Like, he just pays a guy to deliver a trailer to the lot so that he's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the like the, the trailer for <laughs> who called for who called for David Ramsey. I don't know, but his trailer's here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, James, what about you? Like you've been keeping silent. Did you get that impression? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. It just it
2: I mean I could feel like they were hinting at it for sure. Um, but it it no. I just I don't like it. I don't like it. Like uh it, it's
1: because I don't All right. Feel... But just think about it. If Diggle is her dad, then we can have the scene where she says, You're not my dad, you didn't raise me, and she storms off. And you know, you know the writers have to be just chomping at the bit to do well, a yeah, scene like but that. But that's
2: standard CW drama, they need that specific line. It's got to be in at least one of every show, like every one of them. It's
1: and Diggle's be. going to have to say, "Can we have the room?
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, it wasn't until recently that like, what was it? Season two or season three. I, I think it was this season. We see Luke without a shirt on and dude is cut for a nerd, a nerd. He is cut. And I'm like, No. (laughs) This is definitely a a CW show. Like, (laughs) speaking from my own experience, like, even when I was skinny, when I was like 140 pounds wet, I was not cut. I was just a beanpole. (laughs) Like... And you know, he was like, I can salmon ladder. I can salmon he's, ladder. He's doing like the Hans and Franz flexing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, suddenly, like, yeah, Luke's just doing salmon ladders in the back cave, and everybody's just and like, and then Mary was suddenly like, oh my, I didn't know that. Like, wow. So, yeah. No, and like, I just.
4: Like, episode my, before, his arm was in a sling. Yeah.
2: You know? <laughs> so he's one handing salmon oh, right, ladders. Right, yes. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, no, I just I the I think the thing for me and the reason I don't want it to be that is um, I like the fact that Ryan Ryan is really like in in many ways self-built like she she has had a lot of her own personal struggles. I don't want to see her like shoehorned into a relationship with a character that is another missing parental figure only for the aspect of boosting her because it's like he was best friends with the arrow. We're pretty sure he's a Green Lantern. They just won't say it, but (laughs) it's there and it would just make you cooler. Like, I don't want that for that character. (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) I just want her to be cool for the sake of her own coolness like her own actions dictating it
1: you know how we talked about how dc doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't have an overall creative director i think the thing is this i think berlanti desperately wants to have diggle be the green lantern they know that there are a lot of fans who want it and they want to do it i think that there's some sort of legal hitch because they didn't do what they needed to do when they started doing that hbo max green lantern series where it's like no, because the Green Lantern series is going to have all rights to the usage of Green Lantern on television or something like that, and they, or maybe they already have plans to do like a John Stewart version Green Lantern. Like who knows? But I think that that's the issue. Is like, oh,
2: I'm positive that's what it is because because DC Warner Brothers movie production versus DC CW TV production versus DC Animation Studios <laughs> production. None of that, or and the comics. None of them talk to each other. None of them are on a clear, consistent basis. But I do know that there is writing out there, like, legality-wise of if if one is doing something, so, like, if in the movie world they're going to do something specific with a character, none of the other mediums can
1: do it until it's been, like, completed. It's inconsistent. But that's the thing. Like, it's inconsistent because that is the reason why they got rid of Deadshot in, in Arrow. But but then like there've been other cases where they've allowed character. I mean, the flash is the biggest example of allowing them to do both a TV that's and a movie version. And it's like, it seems like it's whoever is in charge of Warner at that time, like makes the call. And then it's like, that's just like for that specific instance, like, no, that there can only be one. Well, that's fair because
2: in the flash, we see that brief instance where Ezra actually shows up just real quick in mm. that flash episode. And it's just like, That was Ezra Miller and it was just yeah a very quick like hey I'm Ezra and then like left (laughs) right
0: (laughs) you know James raises a really good point about Ryan being self-made and how important that is to her character and that was a concern I had with regard to the introduction of her mother and some of the lines they threw around about Ryan being a CEO and just general leadership in contrast to the fact that you know her mother had done the same. And I was worried we would start to see, oh, we got to go through all these steps of explaining why Ryan is Ryan, because it couldn't just be through sheer force of will. In regards to the Diggle kind of maybe fun pie in the sky question maybe a little loophole in there is that diggle's a little self-made because he wasn't in the comics prior to this so it's not like they're arbitrarily attaching her directly to a pre-existing character Mm. but that concern is still really valid i will also address nathan's question about how that's possible given diggle's character that he would abandon a child and i think the only answer is he didn't know he would have to have not known she would have had to have lied to him about the paternity of the child because you know she Barry's got fault. rid of her right at birth and then just <laughs> lied about it what I, you know that would be the explanation so uh it's because flashpoint
1: me...
4: <laughs> yes. see, see that's funny i know i know james said uh, Barry, but i heard mary at oh. first. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> also, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but all right, fine. It, but it, but another, I mean, again, it's the CW's TV, it doesn't really matter, but I'm not even sure the dates add up. We'd we we do not know how old Ryan is, but we I mean, we do know how old Beth and Kate were. Um, because we saw Beth's grave uh in, in one of the episodes this season. So even if we assume Ryan's the young, let's say Ryan's 25 i mean how old is how old do we think diggle is um
1: in his 40s his yeah late 40s. So,
4: but but he was so we're gonna say in his when he was say 20 uh he was already like a security consultant uh but he when when did he when was he in the military it just i don't think it adds oh up. okay
1: i mean did, did they say he was consultant back then or just like a security guard for her Cause I thought that he was like a security guard, like working for I the company.
4: Couldn't be sure, but either way, he would still have had to have been, you know, in the military at some point. Yeah.
1: right. right. Like
4: a Kevin Cosner, Whitney
2: Houston situation.
1: Or... <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think a standard tour of duty is what four year, like you have to like agree to four years and then you can re up after that. So yeah, but like... there's nothing standard about his
4: service. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right all right hey, all right well i mean we, know, fact, we, we honestly don't know i was just speculating on what the so, hey look we already set, mentioned that the writers don't use logic in their writing <laughs> yeah, so i mean like the, the, the <laughs> but, question was whether that was the writer's intent was to imply paternity from diggle but
4: I'm, I'm going to change my answer and say, yes, he is uh, her father, because it does make sense now. Because when you hire Diggle for security, you get the package deal. You get a brother.
2: <laughs> so you get right. a father. So you right. <laughs> yeah. You get brother, every... father,
1: lover, whatever you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. John Diggle's your man. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say one last thing. What I really want. Is for them to do the reveal or like it's like they shoot the reveal with him saying i'm the green lantern but then they beep it out <laughs> so he's like i'm the he doesn't say anything because i just want to watch the fans go crazy like with like the constant like hints but without getting any confirmation <laughs> anyway anyway you, you guys have you guys heard about like what they are like uh, doing for Diggle like like what their plan is right now they are going to shoot a pilot for a show called Justice U with Justice University uh. where Diggle is going to be a teacher for five new super, like five young superheroes and he's going to be like the mentor figure for them Professor D yeah <laughs>
2: So, so they're running the storyline that they've ran in the comics it sounds like for like the young justice kind of characters like we might see some like he, he's trading <laughs> the next blue beetle and just oh, well, like yeah oh, yeah
1: they, they're okay. not telling us which like five characters it's going to be but yeah like they're gonna pick like five random young characters from the comics and well now that the flash is there. established you know that there
2: are metas that weren't anywhere near central city that are metas by just nature (laughs) all right
1: all right i'm annoyed by this because they established Mm -hmm. that in arrow way back in season four where (laughs) they fought a meta in star city (laughs) and they were like oh like has he ever been to central city and they like traced him back like no he's there so oh there must be metas elsewhere and then they completely forgot about it now there's that like again later like acting like there are metas that weren't created by the party. yeah where have you been it's called it's Central Sin. City because it's the center of the universe. <laughs> Everything. there's <laughs> this there is also count. a universe where we have aliens and crap. But anyway, we've been talking yeah. a while. We haven't really gotten very far <laughs> into the characters. So the other thing I wanted to talk about with regard to legacy is uh, not knowing what to do with the character of Sophie. They did the thing that I said, by God, don't do this, which is let's just substitute Ryan for Kate and make Sophie and Ryan the, oh will they fall in love won't they fall in love and then by the end of the season because i'm sure i'm positive if kate had stayed this is the same arc we would have had is that eventually they would have gotten back together um you know so i i don't know like how do you guys feel about sophie and how they're using Sophie? because to me she was the one like character this season of the mains that like was just like you're just leaving her in because she was always there and she really has no point now that she's not connected to the crows and so you were like we'll make her ryan's love interest because now there's a reason for her to be here um start us off james
2: yeah i mean it it definitely feels a bit shoehorned um And by a bit, I mean, like a Grand Canyon uh, (laughs) size space of why did we put that in there? It's and and I I don't like it. I don't like it for the sake of it's not that I don't want to see Ryan happy, like find somebody. Um, I absolutely want to see that. And it's not that I want the character of Sophie to be unhappy either. I just like up to a certain point, there was never any real like chemistry that like happened where i was just like this feels like a natural progression it just suddenly feels like oh oh my you're close to me and suddenly now i'm attracted to you like it was the opposite they hated each other yeah right yeah like and and i like you know ryan hate means love yeah yeah uh but this is a standard tv trope i like the whole concept of of what they might have been shooting for in the long term but like with a different person at some point but it was very much like as you said like what do we do with Sophie like she she is the most benched character since season 1 because even in season 2 while she had a purpose it was just really to be a thorn in Ryan's side because they had a contentious history beforehand um but then well, she yeah, also what, needed
1: to expose the like when they decided the crows were going to go out like they needed somebody on the inside of the car because you know it wasn't going to be the dad right you know since he was the head of the crew so it had to be uh sophie as the one who's really like oh like there's way too much corruption in the crowd right well yeah. and so
2: now we're at a point where it's it's a little bit of that scenario of like what do we do with this character do we turn her into effectively another john diggle like we make her her own hero and now because we can't have heroes that don't have a base of operations with a whole support staff of other people who know their heroes. That's, that's the CW formula. It worked for Arrow. It works for everybody. And so it's just like, so yeah, what's her role? Cause now, now we have Luke who's, you know, Batwing, wing um, and, and <laughs> even Mary, like they do kind of point and make fun of it. The whole thing a little bit where they're like, Mary's quite literally like, what purpose do I have? Am I just the doctor? Is
1: that, it and it's just like yes that that's a hundred percent what you are i just had a thought james with supergirl ending we're, we're a guardian short let's have sophie let's have a, a new, new guardian, guardian. <laughs> oh my gosh it's just, yes. that works so well
0: what sophie represents is somebody unable to make a tough leadership decision because she should have been written out and I think she did a great job. I think she was a fabulous character and I don't think she's bad this season at all. I think she will go on to great things. She's one of the strongest acting the show has, but her character remaining is doing her a disservice and it's doing Ryan a disservice. And they did great with what they had. They, they don't really have much chemistry, but they sure put in a good effort with this romantic storyline. But Sophie belonged to the original Kate and her storyline. You could tell they were chemistry. Mystery tested, you can tell that storyline had intention and was going to be this will they, won't they, get back together breakup sort of thing. And having her be Ryan's love interest, even if it's short-lived and they introduce somebody better and they write her, you know, whatever this isn't about her being better or worse this is about who she is there for and there's some characters they really needed to keep namely Mary namely Alice you know that needed to be there for continuity of team and continuity for story of story but Sophie was not one and they should have made that decision a long time ago they don't need to kill her they can give her a happy ending you know whatever you want to do I'm not suggesting particularly for a gay female character I'm not suggesting a kill her off storyline I'm suggesting a write her out storyline and then they needed to bring in somebody specific to ryan who has chemistry tested with ryan who has a background uh, story that leads up to a really good romance and i think they needed to wait a little longer for them to capitalize on this too while this is season three and it's reasonable for your main couple to get together in season three and not everybody has a slow burn this is only Ryan's season two and the first one was you know kind of haphazard and this one was short as well she shouldn't have been getting together with her final love interest until middle of next season at the earliest that's that's my take on the pacing and the character
1: on that yeah I'd agree with that Uh, but uh, well here's what I'm thinking because I agree that I think the actress is being underserved because I think that she has the ability and I think it's just mainly just the character kind of is untethered without Kate Uh, here's my thought If we're going to do Justice University, if it goes to series, she could be Diggle's TA. All right, Ryan, what do you think about Sophie? Uh, Okay,
4: so I feel like the character was cursed from the beginning, right? She was literally like, hey, we need to have that, you know, ex-love interest uh, antagonist, you know, the cop that loves her but wants to bring her down uh, all at the same time. That's literally why she's written. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, I find... character interesting i I find the actress compelling um she's better than the material she's given um had they ended her storyline last season and had her go off with kate i would have been fine with that it would have been you know i think that would have been acceptable keeping her on this season she needs to find her own agency beyond just the love interest i completely agree with that and i would have been actually fine with her and Ryan hooking up, had it been, you know, they had a moment, they uh, um, kind of like they did with uh, Sophie and Renee. If they'd done that, but with Ryan, and then later on, they were both like, ooh, this was a mistake, you know, uh, we were better co-workers or whatever, I would been fine. That way, th- that that would have defied the, the the trope, you know, that way mm-hmm. they would have uh, basically have said, hey, well, they won't say, they-, they did, didn't work, let's move on. And that would have been perfect. I-, I I know we joke about her being guardian or whatever. Um uh, but I, I think honestly, the, the the more obvious one is is a Spartan. Um, you know, who uh, take up you know Diggle's uh, X role there. Um. She can wear his. Diggel is still you know?
1: in the Arrowverse. You take that out of your mouth. Whereas I don't think. But that, he's like, trying to game... open the box. <laughs> he's trying to. What's in the box? You know. I mean, he's trying to get inside of it.
4: You know. And in the meantime, there's this lighted helmet, which must clearly blind to anyone who's wearing it. So someone needs to be wearing that. You know. <laughs> Um, I think there's a lot they could have done or another thing they could have done with Sophie uh, would have been I would have actually liked to see her join the um, GCPD. I mean, you know, because they are clearly incompetent. Uh, I I get why the crows existed now. If like their whole rogue department is just Renee in a basement, you know, then yes, uh, I. But that might have been too obvious. That might have just been her doing more of the same. But again, it could have been we had in the crows, they were private military police force bad. Let me join the public military police force and try and clean them up from the inside. And it would still would have been true to the mission that she set set for herself in season two
1: it doesn't say much would. about the crows that she apparently makes the same income working at a bar that she made as being uh the second in command of the crows <laughs> private yeah. security for her <laughs> something doesn't seem right there but anyway <laughs> all right because that's what i'm always asking it's like, like when joe like resigns from the police force i'm like where 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 is his income now like i mean i guess Cecile is a lawyer so you know maybe yeah, maybe he doesn't that. need an income but <laughs> he's a stay-at-home dad now i don't know but i'm it's sure like, he has a
4: very tiny pension and and it, to be fair his adopted son
1: did inherit star lab so you know, right. I, know what I mean <laughs> no, it's true like guess barry's loaded and just has mm-hmm. no there's no evidence of that other That's than a like...
0: notably profitable laboratory yeah.
4: <laughs> right. wait you know what i'm sorry i misspoke to keep the joke running his adopted son slash son-in-law <laughs> Uh, my
1: bad <laughs> you <know>? got it <laughs> don't say that though or you'll get the entire weight of the internet coming down on you oh my god i just I... love
2: how i i love how now like the clinic it's supposed to be like a legit clinic right and she has less patients in there now <laughs> than she did when she was an illegitimate clinic and that's right. because now they want your insurance she's a doctor <laughs> she's,
4: you know i mean the moment she got that MD, she got her first uh, student
2: loan bill and that changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Ryan, CEO of Wayne Enterprises, can't write a check? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh God. Let's see. Okay, I mean, it, but that's to Cammie's point earlier. That was the problem I had when they kept talking about how Ryan was this self-made woman and everything when I was like, but she was handed everything by Kate. Like, not her skills, not like the Batwoman skills, but like the position at Wayne was handed to her by like she didn't like demonstrate any like yeah. you know leadership or or business acumen or anything. Like Kate just gave that to her, and I'm like, so all of that stuff, like, I still feel like that side of it, like the well, like that's the what personal makes, side of Ryan. That's what is makes not... this
2: season's story believable with a hostile takeover because <laughs> the board would have seen her as an incredibly incompetent CEO yeah. and they would have been like we either need to sell the business or somebody's got to buy us out. Well, oh, yeah, gonna, but it's the same thing we did gonna with survive. Arrow
1: in season two with with uh, Oliver being an incompetent CEO and them going with the hostile takeover. I mean, we've seen
4: <laughs> but, this before. But at least there was some family dynamic there. Like literally, yeah. I want an episode of Batwoman, which is just a board meeting, where they're like, okay, so uh, contender for CEO. Okay, she lived in a tra- trailer down by the river a year ago, <laughs> but we think she should be CEO. <laughs> <It's laughs> effectively. Like, Chris she, Farley. Yes, yeah, he <laughs> didn't listen
1: to Chris Farley when he came to the orphanage when she was a kid and told her, You're gonna live in a van <laughs> <band laughs> down by the river.
2: That was her life plan, but it worked apparently. You know? ferner miracle plant that she didn't know
1: was a miracle plant. <laughs> this plant that you've been like unusually attached to actually is a magic plant that can heal anything, including death. <laughs> mm-hmm. but
4: we're never gonna use Luke it again. Is literally <laughs> walking towards
1: the light and it's like plant and it's like a cure spell in final fantasy Boop, yeah you're back and we can't
2: take a clipping of it that's too because that's not how this plant works not this one all of them work that way but not this one <laughs> That's because they they foolishly kept
4: it underground where there's no sunlight, no water. <laughs> That's it. In a cave.
3: <laughs> In a cave.
1: <laughs> In a damp cave with no water. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So let's talk about um, Luke because we haven't really talked about Luke other than his unusual amount of muscle mass. Look at those abs, baby. <laughs> You'd wash some clothes on those. <laughs> so, all right. I, I both liked and hated like some of the Luke plot in this season because I like the fact that they addressed the fact that you don't get over being assaulted like he was and just like, I'm going to be like a hero now and go into the same kind of situations where I was completely traumatized and, and be okay. My The problem that I had with it is like that the Batwing suit decides to shut down in the middle. It can't like assess his like mental state like in any other. It's like it's this advanced system that can assess your mental state and decide that you shouldn't be using this thing, except when you're being pummeled by people. That's when it decides that, you know what? It's more important now for me to shut down than to allow you yeah. to like fight not, back. Not before,
2: not after, <laughs>
1: <Right>. during. <laughs> That's the type of real problems with that system
0: initially when I was watching that and when I say initially I mean the entire first round of watching the season when I was watching it week to week that was very frustrating to me that was not a. Sto- I I was into his storyline in general but that specific aspect of using you know the mental health issues to shut down the suit just felt kind of hokey and weirdly almost insensitive like it, it didn't resonate with me but upon watching it the second time around I I kind of got More what they were trying to do, where it is illogical. It is a flaw in the suit, but it is a really interesting representation with how mental health issues actually work, wherein at the time when you most need to not shut down, that's when you do shut down. When mm. you most need your brain to be stable at the highest level of trauma, that's when it stops, but, be- you know, your brain stops being stable or your body starts exhibiting whatever symptoms. And I'm not an expert on any of this. I can't explain it further than that, but I do know that that aspect is realistic, that it is this weird juxtaposition. And so they're using the suit to represent his mental health to show when everything's fine, it's fine but when he needs it most, it shuts down. So I kind of got it better the second time around. And maybe that was very obvious to everybody else the first time around, but it really took me marathoning through that part back to back for it to really sink in. I appreciated it a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I understood that and like, but I, but to me, it's like, if you're building this as a safety feature, it should recognize the fact that, Hey, this, this advanced suit that can sense all kinds of things can sense that it is being actually attacked at this, point. It can feel the impacts and know that, Hey, even though he's in a poor mental state his worst mental state right now, I should allow him the ability to get out of this situation before shutting down. And maybe then it should be like, uh, Hey, you can't use the suit for several days or whatever, go, you know, seek some help or whatever, but at least get him out of the situation. But I, I just didn't understand the logic of Lucius Fox making the suit making it to work that way
0: it's like a commentary on the flaw in human design then right Mm. like the the exact same criticism you just made of the suit is valid and can be made of humans why are humans then designed that at the exact moment would we need you know survival mode to kick in for some people it it doesn't and they go you know they tailspin whatever Mm. it's the same flaw point i don't know
1: okay no i mean at least you're coming up with some kind of like thought (laughs) behind thematically how it works and everything i'm
0: making excuses I'm right exactly. hey i need I him mean... to stay on this show because i like him and mary together
1: <laughs> oh okay hey, okay lucius was
4: great at technology not great at being a dad let's just put it at that <laughs> you know
1: psychology <laughs> no. not oh in the Arrowverse, someone being awful at being a father <laughs> I, who would have thought <laughs> no it's yeah. like the worst fathers of all time. Like, we just have like a panning except shot. For Joe. Except uh, for Joe. Except for Joe. Except <laughs> for Joe. He was such a good dad that his kids wanted to keep it in the family. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm so
0: glad you said it so I didn't have to this time.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. The very iris thing will never not be wrong. <laughs> Although my favorite Barry and Iris reference in another show was in Legends where like Ava was like, we are not having them at the wedding. And Sarah was like, why I like them. And she was like, they are totally going to turn our wedding into their drama. It's like, okay, fair. (laughs) and she's
0: right
2: That's <laughs> i mean worst case scenario she changes the 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 gender of your child entirely
0: worst hey. case scenario i worst.
4: mean hey, best case scenario is but i mean to be fair they barry did have his wedding hijacked by you know ollie it's like you know i mean so Listen, nothing. <laughs> i
0: will fight he did not have his wedding hijacked by oliver and felicity they saved barry and iris's wedding from not and then <laughs> transported Diggle to the park so Barry and Iris could have a park wedding instead of a court wedding.
2: Just after Diggle vomited. Thank you so
0: much for coming to my TED talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that Diggle can't get used to the super speed. That's like, uh, cool. Are you good, Diggle? Can you still marry I'm us? That's so dumb. Yeah, but I, sure. it makes me laugh. <laughs> I laugh every time. That's the reason
4: he hasn't become Green Lantern yet. It's just too
1: fast. (laughs) Anytime he tries to move with the ring, like, he just starts vomiting uncontrollably. (laughs) (laughs) All he can do is make guns. One in each hand. Made green guns. (laughs) Just pew, pew, pew. (laughs) All right. um, James, so what do you think about Luke's... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. um, Ryan, what do you think about Luke's story?
4: Uh, You know, I feel like Luke has... um, coming into his own, I mean, I, I do, I, I, here's the thing, like every now and then the CW will have and It's usually just a moment uh, about mental health. So the fact that they actually had this as a backdrop story, the entire season, just about to the, up to, and including to the point where, I mean, it was the AI that was inhibiting him from being a hero. And then he had to actually give up the AI to become the hero um, and deal with his own PTSD was, was, um, phenomenal uh i i remember and i wanted to talk about this when we did the flash podcast but i think it just slipped my mind or we ran out of time or whatever but the flash did an entire episode where they delved into cecile having been institutionalized
1: and the stigma behind it my wife hates that episode so much because she's like that's not what mental hospitals are like and that episode even though it's supposed to be a positive is so negative by completely stigmatizing mental health and showing it as places where people get in straight jackets and padded rooms and she's like that's not what they're like at all and it's well, like yeah but, i mean look at that
4: it's an arkham version you know i mean we're <laughs> talking about the cw and i'm <laughs> pretty sure yeah i mean you know again it's arkham is not well gotham is not your typical city Yeah. so i uh, I mean, well, no, but I'm talking about the thing.
1: Cecile one, where like yeah. she's mentally back in the mental hospital she was yeah. in for a time, and it's like she's like that place was like a chamber of horrors, and no mental hospital is like that. So anyway, except Arkham, <laughs> except Arkham, <laughs> and and that, one. and
4: that one, apparently. Of course, thinking that was also in her mind, so who knows what it was really like versus how she perceived it. um But uh, but but the whole point where I was going with this is every now and then I'll give the CW credit for trying to. For having mental health crop up and they'll do something with it usually it's it's your typical one and done in an episode thing so i would give them credit here for expanding it across the entire season and trying to deal with it but then again i mean again we're jumping around a little bit but they they kind of did the whole this whole concept as well with with alice and her trying to find a shortcut to her own issues and you know just all she's got to do is is use this irreplicable joy buzzer and suddenly she's cured all right right. right.
1: we're gonna get to that because there's a whole (laughs) there's a whole discussion there but no you're right no no that's what the thing that's what i was saying like i like the fact that they actually dealt with ptsd i was just saying that the sim the system in his suit like was completely illogical the way that it worked but no i like the fact that they actually had a whole arc about ptsd for for luke
4: so that about luke i liked what i hated about him was get him out of the bat cave or not in his suit and he was completely useless oh my god i'm in the bar but this place has you know only wi-fi i can't do anything like like dude you're a freaking genius you can how do you not have like your own advanced setup somewhere why isn't there a bat van you know that he's got that that uh, a mobile bat cave you know in a, in a freaking trailer or something
1: or just use the okay. bat blimp don't even get me started about that <laughs> you know? so i nearly i threw the re- i nearly threw the remote at the tv the, you know? <laughs> like, then oh the my writers in an interview saying like i just wanted to say black and i would just wanted to have the words bat blimp in a script like, and i'm just like <laughs> no like you know if, if it's like if he called
4: it the bat blimp but it was really like the wayne blimp or something like <laughs> that fine <laughs> you
1: know I like, <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean you know, we <laughs> Luke's you know. just slowly hovering over different parts of town and his staff. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, once he said bad blimp, I really expected to see Ryan running around with a bomb over her head you know trying to get rid of a bomb how
2: how could you sir how could you be so naive to not expect a bat blimp when they made a joke about shark repellent like you know it's just like and, and they're like really and luke's like yeah it's surprisingly effective at only repelling sharks but that's it I mean, knew there'd be a blimp. Then, come on.
4: You're right. My my bad. I. <laughs> Gotham's a strange city. It makes, you know,
2: I, <laughs> a city that's like halfway, like modernized and up to date with technology, and yet in many other ways, like still in the early 1900s of technology. I mean,
1: <laughs> As big cities are, I mean, this how about is normal, that
2: psychological right? hospital called Arkham? Yeah, no, there's still just cinder block walls with, like, metal slab beds. Like, we've done nothing to improve that at all. But hey, check out the new state-of-the-art Gotham Hospital down there. Like, it's doing pretty good. Really? Hey, you know what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut them some slack. They got a Jitters.
4: This uh, <laughs> they, they did. They got a
2: Jitters. The city found the, the budget, set. and the city made it happen for CJ Jitters
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'm gonna piggyback off something cammy said because uh we need to talk about mary anyway um I, I love Mary and I love the fact they addressed the fact that like Mary, you know, like when it was Kate, it was like Mary was like the little sister she kind of never wanted. and it was kind of like, ah, uh, but she's there. and so I kind of, you know, have to do stuff with her. But then it was like Ryan and then like it's it, you know, when they transitioned to Ryan, it just became more like Mary's already here and I can't really do much with her or whatever. She's just like, Hey, we need to get patched up or whatever. We, we show up with Mary. Now, Mary became a full doctor this season. So it's no longer the, I run an underground lab or an underground clinic with no, you know, without like a certified license or anything. I'm just like patching people up because I want to help. Um, and uh, but at the same time, now we're starting to address the fact that she has been kind of mistreated by the group. And I loved all of that. I did not like the Luke and Mary date, like the, the insinuation that they have feelings for each other and the, because I, I feel like, I feel like all these shows make the groups like too, like, I mean, incestuous. I mean, it's just going to make another flash joke if I say incestuous, but that's the word that's in my head right now. It's flashy. It's flashy. <laughs> right? But it's like, oh, okay, so Sophie and Ryan are going to hook up and now. Luke and Mary are going to hook up yeah. and all that. No you people know. exist outside of those people. Those are the only people you can partner with period. <laughs> and it's just like, and I mean, I'm going to bring up the flash just right now. They're doing the Allegra and um, Chester you yep. know, thing also where it's like, again, I, I don't need that. I don't need everybody to hook up with each other within the group. You know, like if if you want to have a romantic subplot or whatever, where they meet somebody, like maybe that's okay, depending on how the story goes, but I don't need everybody to hook up either. So yeah, I don't know. fun
2: fact, every job I've ever had, never have I ever suddenly just had a relationship <laughs> with some random person who works there. That's never happened. Yeah.
0: You know what? You make some good points. However, the difference between Mary and Luke and all the other relationships is that chemistry and are extremely boring to the plot. That's just for me, I'm I, I agree that there's too much inner dating. And I think that that could just be another artifact of like COVID that they can't just like bring in a ton of cast of characters or whatever. But I didn't want to see Ryan and Sophie. I wanted to see Mary and Luke start some kind of slow burn, you know, just kind of see where it goes. Like, you don't have to, I I like that they didn't really, you know, concretely say these two are going to be like going down this path permanently they just sort of teased it they gave them some <laughs> flirty opportunities and yeah. we'll see where it goes in the future which gives them an out because if it sucked like let's say i'm the only one who liked it and everybody else was like this is terrible they can back out of this they can yeah. they can go a different direction or just not give them love interest
1: you it's know? not like they zips 10 years into the future to show the relationship that they had and then go back <laughs> to the past <laughs> i was like oh spoilers <laughs> Spoilers!" <laughs>
4: right but
1: okay here i would feel
4: i mean i kind of agree with kimmy in the sense that um i honestly feel like there's some chemistry some possibility of this around since season one this could have been a thing but my thing about it is and maybe it's my memory i'm not remembering it but since season one you know Kate had multiple relationships. Ryan's had a few relationships. Sophie's had a few relationships. Luke and Mary have had zero relationships uh, uh, until now. And I almost, I mean, I, I hate to be cynical, but I honestly feel like while on its own, on its own merits, it could work. It almost feels like they're like somewhere, someone's going, we've got to have a hetero relationship in this series. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, we're going to be called, labeled woke or something like that. I almost feel like it's like a, a just they're trying to avoid- they're the
0: token straight-
2: I was was actually like I was kind of like in the same headspace, Ryan, because I was going to say like it's one of the things I've noticed where it's just like so I mean back when when we had, you know, Ruby Rose, it was just like that character like Kate did date outside Mm -hmm. of the cave like Mm -hmm. there were other people that had no idea she was Batwoman never found out she was Batwoman that she did date um and then it's the same with ryan ryan has had like one or two like kind of brief relationships mm-hmm. outside of those people but yeah it's just like so what the the two straight people just don't date straight people outside of the back cave. like they yeah like, they don't have any, any other options they're the token straight.
0: straights we've had so many so many shows where you have like the token gay couple, and that's they're like fair. the only gay people in the entire universe, so they end up together, right? Like that's yeah. that's what's going on here. They're the token straights, and I'm I'm benevolently rooting for these token straights. Oh. We also did have a reference to Mary being on a dating app, I think, at one point. So theoretically, there's some other token straight man pictured <laughs>
3: off-screen
2: He's interested
1: in her.
3: There's at least will be one a Tinder
1: match somewhere. Right. <laughs> he will be a villain. Well, I mean to be. <laughs> <laughs> like the way that you can spin this that doesn't like go into the meta is like they're seeing all their friends hook up and they're like man like all our friends have hooked up and we haven't it's like hey i'm free i'm free all right so we like, at 40
0: if we're still single we'll get married <laughs> right. type of vibes i mean
1: okay
4: i i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it like as the as uh a straight white man you know mm-hmm. on this podcast so there you go get ready for my insight um <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> but no, Here i think we go. I, I think that <laughs> this season or the series started off with we're going to make the main character a lesbian and we're obviously going to have to write another lesbian or at least bi curious character i.e. Sophie You know, just so that way she's not alone. And then we evolved to a point where you had this white lesbian, but we evolved to a point in this season where the bat team consisted of three black people, two virtual lesbians, and they literally made a joke about we're black, we're not going to go into the woods and die, you know, Um, and and it's like, but it was an entirely organic, it was not a planned no, one, no right. one in season one thought, we're going to just take the team here. We're going to force it and it's going to happen. It happened on its own through circumstances and through writing and through chemistry and evolution of the series. And that's like, it's hilarious and beautiful and crazy all at the same time.
0: Completely agree. Also, yeah. everybody involved in this show has been in close enough proximity to theater to know where there's one gay person, there's probably a whole lot more.
1: <laughs> that sounds that's ominous. It's true. <laughs> all right uh, it's just <laughs> well, there's one there could be more <laughs> it's like in a horror movie but anyway <laughs> just think. all right um but uh but yeah no i i i, I don't know i feel like character wise those two don't make sense together but because uh, i don't know like she's like the um what's the word like she's like the really energetic sort of happy like I want to be an influencer kind of person and he's like the kind of quiet nerd you know like I don't know I just it it just doesn't seem like they're the two people are gonna be like you you like yeah you're the one I don't know I uh well, but he she did see him with her shirt on. That'll off, be season so four, though. <laughs> season four,
2: it'll just be the drama that he's just like, but I want to play my PS5. And she's just like, <laughs> but are you kidding me right now? But we can like, go, to go to the gala. Let's go to the
1: big party. And he wants to stay home and play his PS5 when she wants to go to, like, the gala. Yeah. I yep. think
0: you guys are making a case for how common and realistic this relationship is.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Literally uh, just
4: being the straightest relationship ever.
3: You know? <laughs> it's all the
0: heterosexual stereotypes.
1: <laughs> Nailed it.
4: Got it. So,
1: so, um, but but then we also had the Poison Ivy transformation for Mary. And honestly, I preferred her to the actual Poison Ivy when we got her because I like the fact that they did something very different with it. I mean, a lot was made of the fact that she's the first Asian representation of Poison Ivy, which, you know, is good. I mean, like, yeah, let's, you know, not worry about, you know, races. But especially since she was a successor to the original Poison Ivy, I felt like that wasn't it wasn't like they were saying Pamela Isley was Asian, you know, this is just a new iteration. So to me, that didn't make as much impact. But what I really liked about um, uh, what they did with it is it wasn't like a lot of things where it's like suddenly the character becomes a villain and then they're just like a cold-hearted murderer. Like they transform and you can always make an excuse later when they transform back that it was like, that was another personality that took over or whatever. But like, it was still Mary and it would, but it was like a Mary that felt like less inhibitions or whatever, but it was still, it wasn't like I am a completely new person now kind of thing, because all the conversation she was having with Alice made it clear that she remembered everything that had happened to her. She had a lot of resentful feelings about the way that she was treated. And even though there did seem to be some sort of psychological aspect to the transformation, it wasn't like, I'm a completely different person now. It was just like less inhibitions and an attachment to plants. And awakening, if you will. It right.
0: followed really well from back when, you know, in the early part of the season when they were still doing like episode of the week type of mm-hmm. vibe. They had the one where it was like, we don't say crazy anymore. That set up well for this whole storyline.
3: Mm.
1: Well, and I like the fact that they, like, even, like, put a put a spotlight on the fact that she's trying to tell them, like, guys, something weird happened to me. Like, I have lost time, that I don't, like, know what happened. And everybody's just, like, completely ignoring her and doesn't care about what's going on with her. And I'm like... Shut up,
3: Mary. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just go hook yourself up on a saline drip. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's the way she's been treated all this time, but uh, they... But by making it after something very strange has happened to her, we as the viewers are, no, no, we shouldn't be ignoring this. And so, like, it helped set up everything and made it feel, um, you know, like, organic. (laughs) It's a poison ivy, organic. Um, And uh, I like the relationship she had with um, Alice on their road trip. I thought that that was great. And the fact that Alice no longer has Kate as her sister in the show, I think that was a necessary thing to establish an Alice-Mary relationship as still the two people connected to that family, you know, as a, as a way of, of, because Alice doesn't have a reason really to be on the show anymore, unless you did that. They have to keep tethering her back to something concrete before it was the memory of Kate and then finding out there actually was Kate, but with Kate gone again, now it's, well, Mary's a stepsister or an adopted you know. sister. I completely
0: agree with you. And I really liked Alice and Mary together. However... I would say I did not like them being referred to as sisters for the majority of the season. I thought that was a stretch. Number one, I thought that was not really the type of relationship they had yet. And it would have been more meaningful to see the journey that they went on literally and figuratively. And at the end, start referring to each other as sisters. That would have been more poignant, but instead they tried to drop that every few episodes and each time it felt a little fake, Hmm. but they were that was my favorite relationship to follow over the course of the whole season, so that's my only little complaint there
4: i, I to push back on that a little bit. I think it worked. I get what you're saying. um and if it were any other characters, I would agree they're they're trying you know trying stop trying to make it happen. you know um but uh for them, it worked only insofar as Mary pretty much was all has always been about family, and she made Kate her sister. You know whether Kate wanted to be her sister or not, <laughs> right. and and by default she made Beth her sister, and you know was even like ah oh, I hate that we're sisters, you know like and you know Alice is like we're not, and and Mary's like I wish we weren't sisters, and Alice is like we are not related at all, uh-huh. and you know but but in Mary's mind they were, and I see Alice. Responding with, uh, we're sisters now, because it's Alice, she's being manipulative, or maybe she's doing it, you know, in jest or to, you know, ironically or whatever. But by the end, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. It it wouldn't make sense in the beginning, at least from Alice's perspective. But by the end, I feel like Alice is getting there and she's feeling it. I, the dynamic between those two um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you think about, oh yeah, Alice did kill your mom. Oh yeah. Alice did do this and that. And that It's like, oh yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. But like, no hug, be happy, be sisters. (laughs) And it paid off.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they even get there. They even get there towards the end where, I mean, Mary quite literally says like, how is it? We have this relationship. Like you, you killed my mother. Um, you tried to kill other people I love, you know, you, you tried to kill me. Like you've been a constant, nothing but a thorn in my side. And I have every reason to hate you, but you're like the only person that seems to understand me and what I'm going through. And, and so, and, and that is that beautiful moment at that point where I, with kind of what Cammy's saying, like, I, I kind of wish that had been the moment where like I feel like it would have made that moment even more powerful to be like, you've done all these horrible things. And yet for some reason I keep coming back because I feel like you're you're a sister, even though those things have happened. You're the only person I understand. So maybe you bookend it at the beginning of the season
4: you could have had a moment where Mary said, where Mary was like, you know, Kate was my sister. You're not. And you know, and then at the end of it, You know mary turns around and says you are my sister that yeah yeah, i could see a payoff there
2: yeah Mm -hmm. i i do love their relationship it's it is it is as i think we've all kind of consensually agreed it, it it is probably one of the better aspects of this season um it's nice to see mary push back like as you said like this is something that like she kind of loses though those inhibitions that that very sheepish like yeah okay i'll just stay i'll stay in my lane and yep i i patch people up that's what i do and otherwise they ignore me because instagram um and so it's like and like i hated that aspect of her character from the word go like in the very first season when it was just like, oh, she's like the Instagram person and all that. Like initially I was like, I hate this. Like, I don't like this character. I don't like that aspect. So those are things that do not appeal to me in real life. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's all a cover because she has like an underground hospital that she's like legitimately trying to help, help people. She's actually a very intelligent woman um, that is trying to make a change for good in the world. Um, and then that just kind of gets swept under the rug, uh, through most of season two. Like it's a piece of the equation in that season for sure, which is why we get to the end and daddy's just like, well, before all said and done, and I go to the big house
1: Your clinic's legit and I recognize it and I love you.
3: Great. <laughs> cool, Although Dad. to be
1: fair, he made that decision because he was trying to get away to get another hit of snake bite or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah. It was just like, sure, sure, sure. Uh, the yeah. clinic's fine, it's legit. I believe in legit. You. sure. Oh, man. Give the me
4: drugs. the drugs.
2: <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you can't write a prescription? You know? I know, if right? if you're really a doctor with so, a real yeah, I, like, and And it makes sense at that point, when you look at all of those seasons leading up to this one, why the writing with Mary was the way it was, where it's just like, yeah, no, she She had just kind of, she's always been kind of shelved as like not real important to the team. And I think they did a good job of establishing with Mary's uh, departure from the team on her own little poison ivy adventure that she's really critical. Like there's all kinds of stuff that came up where they're like, oh, we need to do this cryo thing. And it's just like, Mary's not there. None of you are experts in biology or cryogenetics by any stretch of the imagination there's a good chance you're going to kill a person right now. <laughs> um, so I like that they established like she is really a very pivotal part of what they're doing. Um, and they really gave her a lot more agency through this story development.
0: And they gave her a graduation, which is something some other shows have been unable to do for women working on their dissertation in, I don't know, eight seasons. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I liked most of what they did with Mary. The one thing that I said, though, is that there has to be a consequence for it. And I mean, obviously, there seems to be a recognition with the rest of the team that they need to do, like, like trust her more and like pay more attention to the things that she's saying. And she has valid points of view. But I felt like with Alice taking the blame for the guy that she murdered, because I was like, oh, that's going to be the consequence. And there's going to be guilt. And that's going to like drive her towards something like next season. But it's like, I don't know. It felt like they almost made it like, oh, if Alice is taking the blame, I'm completely absolved because I don't have to come out to this family and say, I'm the one that killed him or do anything. And she's just like, ah, I feel so free. And I'm like, first of all, you still killed him. So you should still be feeling guilt whether or not the family thinks it was Alice, but two, you know, like that doesn't like, I don't know, like, like that doesn't absolve anything because I mean, sure. Alice is like, Hey, I've already got a huge rap sheet. So I've just added another name to, you know, like, uh, so to me, it's like no big deal. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like they tried to like, just be like, Oh yeah, next season, we can just completely ignore this. And that was the one thing I had a problem with. Um, uh, with with how they've handled the the mary arc this season but otherwise i was very happy with the whole thing but that's part of one why i wonder why they wrote this season the way that they did because
2: there was a lot of rumor uh, uh near the start of season three that this could potentially just be the final season and yeah. with the way a lot of the writing was done like to wrap up by the end. It feels like this could have been like a logical stopping off point. Like we kind of wrapped up this thread. um, We're fine with it. So if we don't get a renewal, we're good. Like it's 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 a sufficient ending. If they get a renewal, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they address that going forward. At least they didn't start killing off main characters. That's a good
1: thing. Yeah, sentence. I think it's clear that the writers knew it had the potential <laughs> of being a final season, so they weren't going to leave it on like a dramatic
2: yeah. cliffhanger.
1: They didn't they didn't
2: do what The 100 did, you know,
1: just like ax like half
2: your main cast and then CW be like, "Yeah, we'd like to give you guys another full 24 episode season."
1: <laughs> oh. Cool. ryan's on a plane and it blows up the two beacons i
4: feel like i, I feel like <laughs> i mean okay. and <laughs> they're like no, just in in the 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 writing writer's room at the beginning of the season they're like okay what are we gonna do with mary this season you guys and they were like well we could turn her into poison mary or we could make her the CEO of Wayne uh, Enterprises. And they went with Faith and Mary. And honestly, I feel like it came down to, they were like, which one gets her into this green costume, this green two-piece outfit that we have right here? I mean, it was just, I, I just feel like- It didn't like,
1: do much for me. I don't know if it did much for anyone else. I mean, I, I thought it looked garish more than hot.
4: I mean, I it's not whether it looked hot or, or, or not, because it, I-, I, I it looked like a cosplay. I, I don't know. It looked like a big <laughs> yeah. guy at a party city. It was know? a cosplay. I mean, <laughs> she just like bought, like grabbed yeah. some
2: stuff and threw it on. That wasn't even costuming. But, they just went to the actors and they're like, we need you to find a Poison Ivy costume. Like <laughs> use your own interpretation,
1: whatever you want to do. <laughs> my wife, my wife, who is a cosplayer, is just like, oh, that's awful. Because,
4: but, but the interesting part of it to me was you had her in this outfit and then they bring back the OG you know the original they yeah. bring like pam and you see her in this you know it's, it's bridget reagan who you know it took me a minute to recognize the mother confessor from uh, uh secret Truth <laughs> and also she was an agent of shield um not agent agent carter for uh five minutes for a few episodes oh. but um in white collar yeah uh, um and so you know it's like oh it, but yeah you know, it took me it, yeah it took me longer than i'm proud of to recognize her to figure it out but i did and um but yeah, she's in this outfit, which honestly looks like it could have come off of Legend of the Seeker. Um, but uh, and then they put Mary in this, and I'm just like, why? I mean, I, I guess it, it, that's something. It felt maybe I didn't get conveyed correctly, but it felt like is it hot Is it not i don't know but it's just was so inappropriate compared to what they did with the original it's like hey we can do this you can have a killer outfit it's not a bad outfit necessarily it just but it just felt like a party city outfit. it didn't we've had alice in these great victorian style get-ups we've had the original you know uh poison ivy in this outfit and this is the first time i to the best of my knowledge i'd have to think about it maybe there's another but in this entire series this is the first costume where i just was really like I feel like yeah what were you doing with this one
2: it's hard to feel like where the inspiration for the costume came from because you can feel it in other costumes like you can look at almost any other costume and you can go back to a comic you can go back to a video game you can go back to some other reference and be like oh they saw that design they were inspired by that design and so they because
1: that's what they did with this Pam Isley It's like the outfits Marcus was wearing, clear inspirations from like the Jack Nicholson Joker or various Joker, like, but not doing the exact costume, but doing like a riff on Joker costumes that you've seen in the street. Even even this this Pam Isley, her costume
2: is incredibly similar to the Batman Arkham Asylum uh series of video games, Pam Isley. It's almost like carbon copy. Like she in those games is like just wearing like kind of a short piece at the bottoms, but it's that like red, like that blood red kind of like button up blouse, you know, the long, like kind of flowing hair. uh, Like they did some really great things. The biggest thing I was sad about for for Mary is that she didn't keep her green eyes because I thought the green Mm -hmm. eyes were really well done, whether that was CG or contacts. I thought they looked really, really good. That was about my favorite part of any of the costuming they did for her. Mm. don't worry next season like for one minute they'll pop up
4: I just think we'll see them again the green eyes you know.
0: I think so too Uh, I think one of the reasons why they had to go kind of an unconventional route with um, Nicole's poison ivy so Mary's poison Mary was she is I'm sure you can tell by seeing her in relation to the other actors even when she's almost always in some kind of like chunky heel of sorts she's quite short Bridget Reagan in contrast is very tall and Bridget is able to wear what would be a more traditional poison ivy costume not which is a good choice because she's also playing the original poison ivy here but she is also tall and can do that and the original poison ivy costumes almost all of them have some kind of vine windy element that plays well with long limbs nicole just doesn't have that same body type so they had to add that via like they do this like strap corset inspired type of thing in order to add like the look of like vines but she's just not gonna have the the body type that would pull off the same kind of it would look more like a cosplay on her it would look like a child put on like what is supposed to be a sexy cosplay i think so i i didn't love the costume they had for her but i don't see it looking better if they had done a more like original traditional version
1: that's fair fair enough I mean, to me, the Batman, the animated series version costume is the, is the costume I think of. So, I mean, there's not a lot of complexity to that one. It's just basically a green top, but like at the bottom, it sort of like looks kind of sort of planty, you know, like uh, in the way that it's sort of like, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's not, uh, but anyway, Um So let's talk about Ryan this season and, um, you know, her to me, the biggest surprise with Ryan this season is that the mom didn't die Um, because I kept (laughs) expecting that it was going to be like, yeah, it's going to be friction at first. Then they're going to reconcile, she's going to be like mom, you know, uh, and, and they're going to recognize each other as mother and daughter, and then she's going to die, because she knew the identity, that was the other thing, I was like, oh, she, you know, when she found out that Ryan was Batwoman, to me, that cemented it, it was like, she's going to end up dying, because, you know, you can Ryan. Right. Because you can sometimes have the villain know the hero's identity, because especially if they're supposed to be crazy, there's always the thing of, I'm crazy, so I'm not going to tell anyone because that's just me being wacky. Ha, ha, ha You know, so I thought that Marcus, you know, could stay being their sort of Joker analog, you know, but uh, and knowing that Ryan is Batwoman, but like I thought, you know, uh, Jada was going to is Jada i i'm 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 i'm, I'm
0: jada jet you're right yeah it is
1: jada okay i i was about to say wait a minute am i just like merging in the will smith story <laughs> but all right yes yeah, so it Keep is jada. her
0: name, <laughs> my mom's
3: name. <laughs> all right but um
1: yeah so um but yeah i mean ryan's arc was basically she's ceo then she's not ceo and then she finds a family i i You know, so anyway, what do people think about that and how it was handled? I'm going to say right now, I think my favorite thing that came out of all that was like her and Zaz having their moment where he's like, Ryan, like they are best buds. I just just laugh so hard about that. I I do like the guy who's playing Zaz, even though I preferred the Gotham Zaz. Uh, (laughs) But Kebby, what do you think about Ryan and her arc uh, this season? I
0: mean, I didn't mind them giving her you know what is it now the th- a third mother whatever because the first you know two were not hers really mm-hmm. it, she inherited them by inheriting this storyline and you know they they piece together this backstory in season two and kind of hope for the best and now that we know this character we can add a you know, parent figure that is still alive and still present. And I think the show needed, like, some older characters, not just one, but, you know, a a few. I only started to have hesitance, and I referenced this earlier in our discussion, when there were too many parallels being drawn Between the skills that Ryan has as CEO or the interests or the career trajectory or whatever, and her mother, and making it seem like, well, this is where she gets it from. Number one, that doesn't make any sense because her mother didn't raise her. So she didn't learn that unless you believe those skills transfer through genetic memory. (laughs) <laughs> right that, that just doesn't to me as a viewer that kind of like you inherited CEO skills doesn't ring true and it's is, is kind of icky in its own way and then I also like the idea of Ryan being self-made as we already referenced so that started to bother me but I did like that they were bringing in a parental figure who suits her specifically this character and has no ties to the backstory that was also kind of intrinsically related to Kate's backstory
2: Okay. James, yeah, I mean, while I felt like you know, it's it is a season a lot about legacy. It is a season a lot about family, um, in that sense of things. And I, I actually didn't hate like that whole dialogue of because speaking speaking as somebody who comes from a broken family kind of background, I understand that allure um, of like wanting family like you want blood i want people who are related to me but also the same aspect of what they show in this season is family doesn't have to be blood and blood isn't always the best choice those people that you choose to make your friends and accept into your life like they're your family too um and i think they did do an overall good job of like that is kind of the struggle that the Bat family is having with, you know, everything going on with Mary is like, they're trying to be very much like normal family. Like, no, we understand you. We accept you. Like, you know, like we're here for you. Just, just come back to us. Cause that's like the standard kind of reaction. A lot of families have when you have like that black sheep that's struggling or something like that in a family. And it's like, she's like, no, like that's not enough. That's not what I'm at. I'm not asking you to just, go okay we'll do better i need you to recognize what you're doing is wrong and and actively like give me space but also like work on it and correct it for yourselves um because like it's not that mary's initially even like no i don't want anything to do with you guys ever again it's just very much like i need space i need to figure some things out there's some things happening to me i don't understand and I don't need your help yet. I just need to figure it out. And it's like, yeah, but you went with Alice. Was that really the best choice on figuring it out? But, um, so I do like that. Uh, I did wait for Dominic Toretto to show up at some point from the Fast and the Furious to say that this was all about family. I really did, <laughs> but never happened. Instead, you know, I get, I get, uh you know diggle diggle
1: the blimp is powerful but nothing's more powerful than family
2: i mean i mean for the blimp they could have used vin diesel's head they could have it's shiny and smooth and no but yeah he so i i loved those aspects of the storytelling i did feel like it had a lot of use um Because again, we're, uh, this is the second season for Ryan. Like this is, we're, 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 we're taking into a very common arc stream of like, okay, we've established hero, established, wants to do the right thing at all times as much as possible. Now we're going back to that dynamic of the family thing because she's lost so much. Well, now she has a whole new opportunity because she goes, she finds out, oh, this is my mom but I don't want her to be my mom. And it is very much resent and and anger over like, but you, you literally paid to like, get rid of me and cover up that I even ever existed. Um, which yeah, like it'd be tense, I think. So I think they did a, I I think they did a, a wonderful job in the grand scheme of telling that story. Um, I think it gave, uh, Ryan a lot more gravitas. I really, think again for ryan personally they needed to pull away from the whole sophie thing um and let her again be her own person have another relationship outside of that uh because that is the trope in these series it's just like and if they do have a relationship outside of the bat family or whatever at some point they inevitably would have had to been like oh you caught me with like half the bat suit on oh this is awkward um some things to tell you whereas like we skip all of that uh with you know the advent of like oh sophie knows she doesn't do much but she knows she's always known we're fine um so that i didn't like so much but i i did overall like her growth this season i like that that all of those aspects
1: yeah and uh ryan anything about the ryan's arc ryan talk about ryan (laughs) Uh, ryan's ryan is ryan's favorite subject Uh,
4: you (laughs) (laughs) You don't say yeah uh you know like okay season two i felt like there's a lot of doubt on ryan's part and whether or not she deserved to be that woman and so she was ready to give it up like here here kate you take it you take it you take it and this season while i still felt like i said earlier i felt that it still felt new for her i don't there was no doubt that it belonged to her she had the confidence she knew she deserved to be that woman she'd earned it maybe she was still you know not perfect at it maybe it was still you know had that new bat suit smell but it uh it was hers um and i did notice and i, I may i might have to go back and rewatch it i'm just curious because like um rachel maddow calls her you know the scarlet heroine or something like that uh throughout the entire season but at some point the wig the wig went from red to dark and i don't know if that was all season long or if i just didn't catch it uh um until a while or if it happened in the middle
1: i don't know lighting plays a large role in how that wig looks Uh, to an extent but no by the end of the season it was
4: pretty much the same color as her regular hair and and i do i, I don't know why they did that i mean yeah no yeah, i'm surprised was... my
1: wife wouldn't have come because she always notices the physical details like she's always pointing out costuming and wigs and... i mean
4: well because in the beginning it was the pretty much the same color red as the bat symbol on her chest but no by the end it was yeah it was you know hmm. um just more her color um and i thought that was an interesting choice i i don't know necess- I, mean, I have thoughts on what it might be about it's not really pertinent to anything or relevant to anything but I, I just found it interesting. But my thoughts on Ryan as a whole, beyond the fact that I feel like she is, my, my thoughts on Ryan as Batwoman were hey, she's earned it. I'm fine with it. My thoughts on her as CEO, I still hated all that. It made no sense. Would have made more sense for Kate to name Luke CEO. would have made more sense for Kate to name Mary. CEO. And that would have also been something the board might have been. Oh, you want Lucius Fox's son to be uh CEO? Absolutely freaking Oh, you want Mary Hamilton, the daughter of whoever Hamilton and so yeah, sure. Because because as this season did teach us, yes, yes, not unlike in the nineteen hundreds, being a CEO is apparently genetic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, things things that are genetic that we've forgotten are CEO and military ability. Those are both uh, you know, in <laughs> in the blood apparently um and and it comes with a title yeah
1: hey i mean like it, that that a lot of businesses have done that too like they pass on from father to son to grandson you know all that so yeah I mean, if it can work in politics why not in boardrooms you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh. When somebody is a superhero, there is no way that they're going to have the time to run a Fortune 500 company, thank and you. it's ridiculous to think that they could. Even with Bruce Wayne, and the idea is like technically he's running Wayne Enterprise. Like the idea has always been, Lucius Fox actually runs the company, uh-huh. and he's just on paper the guy running the company, and he's able to siphon off money wherever he needs it I to buy like it. you know the next supercomputer or whatever he needs, uh, you know, or redesign the no, you know.
4: Thank you. You can't be up you know, all night, every night, and then pretend to be a CEO. Yeah, right. no, no one got that right – I remember that one scene in, I don't know, I think it was Begins, where they looked over at Bruce and he was asleep through yes. the board meeting. Yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, that tracks, you know. But I, I actually – to that point, though, I'll give this series or this season credit for – acknowledging that being batman is expensive because mm. they use they like oh there's all this off the books uh, funding and they use that against ryan
2: it's like um, millions of dollars missing right. That's weird <laughs> did they buy a second yacht i mean nobody Madden? noticed this up to this point
4: <laughs> <laughs> Why well, again that board yeah i can believe they would miss anything you know? whatever yeah
1: i mean whoever bruce had like doctoring the books was like a genius to would be able yeah. to like keep all of that off the books for so long that's a good cfo nobody... right there right exactly <laughs> like... again lucius fox
4: this is ai he's still he's still <laughs> you know he can't tell you know about psychological traits but he can balance the books you know no.
0: It might have been interesting to see Luke be named as CEO and struggle with it until he handed it over to Ryan. That might have been an interesting progression. And sort of this, you know, people playing hot potato with the role and acknowledging that that's really difficult too. And it would parallel, interestingly, with people kind of playing hot potato with the Batwoman role.
1: That's what they could have done with Sophie because Sophie has nothing else to do. Make her the CEO. Everybody else has like stuff they got to be doing, but like Sophie, you're out of a job. You be CEO now.
0: Just for fun, just you for a while.
1: funsies. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. You know? <laughs> 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 oh man i mean uh, i was i still think she'd be making a better jim gordon to batwoman but whatever but, well uh, yeah but remember i mean we're still going under the defund the, the police movement and everything i think that they felt like her leaving the car like to have her join the gcpd would be kind of like a difficult thing to do well, when that whole thing was like sort of piggybacking off of like the idea that you know the police are a corrupt organization and we don't really want to I,
4: I think it would have worked and i feel like Like I said earlier, it would have worked in a sort of she took down the crows because they're a private paramilitary police force. But the gcpd has a rational reason to exist and she can maybe try and clean it up from the inside but then again maybe that's
1: just too much gotham in a whole nother series um yeah yeah. i mean it's the same reason joe can't be a cop anymore so i mean it's like one of those things where it's like they're trying to back off as much as they can even though now Kramer's like good so i don't know what they're doing anymore on the flash like anyway um so but but to ryan
4: as a whole you
1: know uh the
4: the only other thing. on the one hand okay here's my thing about ryan and here's my thing about it 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 really did stretch my incredulity this season it really did i mean okay i can buy that poisons poison ivy's ivy will by pure dumb luck pick mary just sheer coincidence she just happens to be in the park fine i can buy that you know ryan happened To have this magical plant in her trailer and that her adopted mother happened to be killed by Alice. I can buy all that. And now I have to buy that her real mother just happened to also be a multi-millionaire billionaire conglomerate CEO who gave her up. I mean, they tried And, and doing the whole, no, I paid that 2 million to keep you safe, to set you up. I was like, okay, I can almost buy this. But Honestly, th- by this point, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why? Go ahead and make Diggle her father. I mean, nothing makes sense anymore. It's
2: all. You missed one. You, you missed one, Ryan, because cool. now, now we bring it all together because by some chance of fate, her brother she didn't know she had <laughs> was on a bus that the Joker came in like sabotaged and fried his brain. And then that same bus hit the car that Beth was in and that's why she's a crazy person we fixed it.
4: We <laughs> wrapped up all the threads. All of them. See why why do they feel this need to make and I get it because the oh Kate's main enemy was her sibling Alice. So what they just had to do the exact same thing
1: <laughs> yeah. with Ryan. I feel know? like I feel like it's the Grant Morrison thing of time is just a flat circle. Like that's Batwoman. Like time Maybe. is just a flat circle. Like, I mean, everything just- is.
2: <laughs> I mean, the benefit of that is that if they do get a season four, we hopefully can go into a season four without. Alice being, like, a villainous, like, influence overall. Like, she can have her own, like, like she's a, a recovery arc. Like, a whole recovery arc for Beth. That'd be kind of okay. I could do that. And then we could have, like, a real, legitimate villain, not tied through family, DNA, or any other means, be the bad guy that the Bat family have to figure out how to defeat in a totally legitimate way. <laughs> Well, no idea. no wait, idea. Don't no, hear wait no. Hear me, hear me <laughs> out
1: here. The Riddler <laughs> comes back because his daughter was killed with revenge against Alice. I'd slash totally Beth be okay with that because Ocean killed his daughter while Alice slash Beth was in the room. All right. Anyway, all right. And the so, only
4: way to defeat the Riddler is for Alice to go dark
1: again. I saw that they like used an excuse to bring Ocean back this season, also, so that. The, pixie, the Manic Pixie Boyfriend could.
2: <laughs> he, he needed to get paid a little extra scratch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hollywood, it's hard.
1: <laughs> okay, alright. We gotta talk about Alice. We gotta talk about the... the... Alright, so a superhero show, science is never gonna be good, right? Even when it's supposedly based on science like The Flash, <laughs> right?
3: Alright,
1: what they're advocating this season is electroshock therapy, and I actually found that offensive, like, on a, on a visceral level. Because the idea, all right, so the idea that the Joker's Joy Buzzer, which usually when you see this and how it's used in most comics, shows, whatever, it's a a killing device. It's a thing like, oh, it's like a regular Joy Buzzer, except it actually like electrocutes you to death when you shake somebody's hand. But the idea that he could like pop it on somebody's head and it causes brain damage, I'm okay with that. Like that—that that is plausible. Yeah, plausible. You you just shot electricity into somebody's skull. But to make it that, a that's the primary function of the device, because that's what you have to assume by the end of the season, because the whole thing is, but then it's also designed in such a way that you can pop them on the head again and snap them back. Fixed it. Yeah. More electricity <laughs> in the brain is increases the damage. It doesn't fix damage. There is no way that that works.
2: This isn't like reviving somebody who's had heart failure where like the jolt of electricity can restart the heart. Like electricity to the brain pretty much destroys the brain anytime, all yeah, the time. I mean, I mean like this is actually harmful
1: <laughs> for anyone who thinks that this I mean again, I realize but there's going to be some dumb person out there that's like, "Oh, let me try this." Dzz, dzz, you know, like uh, this is actually potentially harmful. Okay, you guys, Mary is a doctor and she said it would work. So <laughs>
0: I kept expecting them to like, kind of try to do take faxies and make a statement about it of like, this is what we thought was going to work. But in reality, it's like peace, love, and rainbows is actually what's going to pull somebody back from the darkness and start them on the road to healing. And he just needs therapy or, you know, like I thought we were going to take some turn to that effect. And I, w- I was genuinely surprised they didn't. And I, I agree with you. Like I'm willing to suspend disbelief on all science truly, with that being said given how they were addressing mental health issues really well you know for a show like this Mm -hmm. this season they seemed quite aware and in combination with that this is a show as we mentioned that has a lot of lgb plus people there is a history with mental health and with the gay community and electroshock therapy that is really dark and i was surprised that they dabbled in it and i'm not an somebody who can say whether they did it well or not well i just found that an odd choice and that they didn't turn away from it and take a like peace love and rainbows approach at the end to healing him was unexpected
1: well yeah and the fact that everyone just took it as read that if alice whose trauma is not due to brain damage but due to stuff that happened to her it's situational trauma it's trauma not not physical trauma it's mental trauma like oh yeah she could do the same thing and like she would be well but then yeah. we couldn't fix marcus and that was considered the problem not the are you crazy like like well, not okay crazy is the wrong word but but that's a bad <laughs> plan because the odds are this would actually hurt you more than it helped you like that's I mean, not the tactic anyone took with her and it was just that that bothered me like how how bad that was for how awful electroshock is which is something that generally like people feel like now like even the cases where people did get better were more from the fact that the trauma terrified them to the point that they were like willing to behave any way that people wanted them to just so they wouldn't experience electroshock again and it wasn't any true like healing that was done through that.
0: With Alice, I thought they were also going to take a completely different route wherein they were going to have her, you know, wanting to use the buzzer to toggle on or off whatever part of the brain. And it would be a matter of her realizing the fact that you are wanting this so much, the fact that you are having emotions towards this crying, showing anger, showing vulnerability, showing frustration is indicative that you are not a sociopath. That is not how sociopaths behave. They do not want, you know, whatever part of, that like their mental health that mm-hmm. is blocked or missing or however you want to conceptualize it they just don't behave that way especially not in isolation and we see her behave that way in scenes where there is not another person present which to me is a cue that that's like a real you know real way that she is behaving so she is not a sociopath she is not you know, on on a journey where she is actively seeking darker and darker actions towards humanity. She's on something of a redemption arc, but it's not a true redemption arc where she's also actively trying to be good. It's this true internal focus of she is trying to make herself well and get power again and not for bad. She just wants to be whole again. It's selfish. Yeah, it is selfish. It's selfish in a way where she's not actively trying to harm other people, but she will do so. And she's also not trying to help other people, but she will do so. It's this weird, chaotic neutral, which I find interesting. And I, I would be happy for her to stay in this chaotic neutral for a while personally, mm-hmm. but it, they didn't really, res- to me, they didn't really resolve that for her in that they didn't have her come to a realization that she doesn't need the buzzer because she is already experiencing these signs of healing mentally particularly when they were referencing things like her feeling itchy things like that it just seemed like these were all supposed to be signs of healing they were all very indicative of it and they just never capitalized and I was left feeling maybe I read too much into this line or whatever and maybe I did but I still love the character these criticisms are coming from a place of liking her
1: yeah, I really feel like the ending the like the, the finale, like after really enjoying this season up until the finale, it felt like to me, the finale dropped the ball because they didn't address any of those things that they they went with uh, the buzzer is magic and will fix, you know, Marcus, if it's used on him, you know, it will fix. Alice, if it was used on her, um, the the whole bat blimp thing, the whole like, oh, we're a happy family now, kumbaya at the end, like all of that, none of that like felt right to me. Like the whole, the whole, the whole thing of Mary being able to go like, oh, Alice took credit for the killing, so guilt gone like we can just blame alice even mentally i can blame alice and there's no guilt anymore and it's just like oh my god like like every It seemed like they dropped every possible ball in the last episode when i liked the season up until that point
2: well and i think part of the problem is in alice's arc this is where i struggle because uh my sister-in-law has a master's in psychology (laughs) so i've i've
1: talked we should get her on yeah, I mean, i talked to her about a lot
2: of this kind of stuff in shows because like we all love drama and uh, drama is indicative of a few different like mental um, paradigms in in the spectrum of mental disorders that are out there. And so this is one where I feel like. Either by lack of knowledge, lack of willingness to do research, which led to lack of knowledge or just we don't care. Um, they were trying to draw a paradigm with Alice between because in many times she's been referred to as a psychopath Hmm. so is she really psychopathic or is she really sociopathic because there is a difference and the big difference being like psychopaths have no remorse none whatsoever For any of their actions if they lie to you to steal your purse they won't feel bad about it later it was a means to an end that was necessary to accomplish the goal that they had period end of discussion and we do see Alice in that light in like season one where she is very willing to like oh you're a problem who's in my way stabby stab you're dead bye bye now but then and and doesn't care about her feelings on it Or the feelings from other people about it whereas now she's grown more sociopathic because she does like and and it's not necessarily empathy over her own actions but empathy over beth's action or not beth's actions mary's actions so it's just like in that moment where mary incidentally kills the guy and she sees it she has immediate regret for mary and she's just like this and she knows that this will this will formulaically change Mary like Mm. she will not be the same Mary that she is and she's come to a place where she likes she likes this Mary she likes who she is she likes the agency she has Um, and so and so we get into that but then we also delve down like what kind of mental illness does she exactly have and that's never really clear um, beyond trauma oh trauma has led to all of this and unfortunately that's by the book not how trauma specifically works it's not like oh i've had tons of trauma so now i'm just seeing things all the time like that could be something else going on
1: yeah the the problem is alice is a hodgepodge of so many different things because there's almost like a disassociative identity issue because she sees beth as a completely different i mean she knows she is beth but she almost sees beth as a different person i almost feel like that's why she doesn't have a conscience because these are all things alice is doing and not Beth so it's almost like this is a character I've created that's doing these horrible things and not me yeah Um, and that's why I do enjoy like the end with
2: Alice in this season where she's broken she's so incredibly broken at this point and not not in the sense of how she was in like season one season two where it was just like oh I used to be Beth that's not who I am anymore because nobody cared about Beth. Everybody mm. forgot about Beth. So now this is who I am. Whereas now we're going the opposite direction. She wants to get back to being Beth. How do I get back to being normal like everybody else? I want friends. I want love. I want sadness. I want all of those emotions, the whole kit and caboodle. How do I get to it and not keep murdering people? Um And I think that journey is interesting. I just think that, like you said, it's like you guys need to do your research and your homework around like the treatments that are used and things like that, because it can paint a few things in a really negative light here, Um, because as you said, it's like electroshock itself doesn't work. Like low voltage electrical therapy is still used, but not for the same means. It's not a a matter of correction of the mind. It's stimulation for like, uh, like people who have had, uh, strokes to see if it can help stimulate the dead parts of the brain, things like that. So it's like, yeah, they're going back to very archaic information and like implementing that into your
1: show and I feel like you know like because again I mean you have to deal with the fact that the general public has become more aware of of science and technical stuff and so when you put that into shows like you need to think and also the fact that Batman villains tend to be more psychological in their the reasons behind why they're villains is meant to be more of these extreme you know uh, mental aberrations are what create a lot of these villains rather than like oh I got superpowers and now I'm going to be a villain like so many other superheroes villains it's like you should be more well informed about psychology and how it works to be able to like create the terminology or to use the terminology and everything well so that like you can come up with explanations that at least sound plausible well
2: they can't figure any of it out because they killed off the only character who could help anybody which was the riddler's daughter
1: (laughs) so now there's nobody who can answer any of those questions right Right. i mean the problem of alice is so much of like it's like As Beth, she was like kept as like a slave in this house to be like the friend of the son. And then she was hypnotized. And then she was, you know, like she lost her sister, but then her sister came back and everything. It's like they have, they've put so much on this one person that it's like, you're like, what is it that she actually has? It's like, she has every psychological condition now. It's just like every (laughs) single one, every trauma that she can have, she's had, like it, it, it becomes this hodgepodge that's kind of ridiculous.
4: And literally throw that into a universe where aliens and alternate universes exist to the point where she saw her family choose the untraumatized <laughs> version of her over her.
1: You're you right. Know? That is something that like actually uh, should they should bring up again because of the fact that I'm sure that had more of an impact yeah. Than, than than most of these things because yeah, yeah. She saw Kate made a conscious decision. Like, I don't like I like this one. <laughs> yeah, Not you. Exactly. You, know, uh, you deserve to die is basically
3: right? what he said,
1: you know? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That was rough watching that. Um, but yes, I love Alice and 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 Even though Alice in the same way that Sophie doesn't work without Kate, Alice shouldn't work without Kate, but I enjoy the work they're doing to make Alice work because Rachel Starston is such a good actress and that character is so interesting that it's like, I want you to actively work. To make and, and I feel like they've done a better job with it, too, whether that's just because Rachel Scarston is so good at, you know, what she's doing that, she, that it makes it work or the writing is better for Alice. But either way, I feel like it's working more of them, like transitioning her over to, you know, the current dynamic of the show. Well, uh, you know, and, yeah. and
2: Mary will help her because Mary is apparently a doctor in everything. She <laughs> has a doctorate in everything.
1: As most TV doctors are. Like, if you're going to have a doctor on your show, they have to, it's just like how the scientist, you know, that was the one thing I appreciate about the Flash's setup is that they had to have a separate biologist from a physicist because usually it's one scientist that just knows it all. Yep. (laughs) It's like I'm in by somebody
0: who like got a B in AP chemistry one time,
1: <laughs> right? Although Caitlin is a biologist, apparently also a certified doctor and can do operations and surgery and stuff, which doesn't usually happen. It's but. a
2: Holiday Inn commercial where like
1: she steps in and they're like,
2: Oh, are you a psychologist and can help with this? And she's like, No, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so. <laughs>
1: This episode brought to you by. <laughs> okay, we gotta we gotta hurry out because we've been going very long on this. But I do I do want to really quickly touch on the villains. I mean, we talked a little bit about um, Poison Ivy, um, but uh, but but we also have Marcus as a major character this season which I actually really appreciated doing sort of like an updated Joker successor type character I felt like he did a really good job of acting crazy but not in a way like any of the previous actors who've done the actual Joker like he wasn't doing Heath Ledger he wasn't doing Jack Nicholson you know he wasn't doing like an established Joker actors version of the Joker but he was playing like well what if the Joker was this you know, extremely wealthy like kid, you know, like what would that, how would that express itself? And like, you know, like what sort of the things would he do and what would be the the ways that he acted out with that and stuff like that? And I thought that that was, I thought that that was made him interesting. And also, I think he did a very good job of performing, you know, as that character. You got the idea that this was a completely unhinged guy, but was also intelligent enough to be able to act in the way that like like a, you know a true whether it's a psychopath or sociopath or whatever is able to hide that fact from people where people don't understand until it comes out that oh by this way this guy ate nine people <laughs> you know and the neighbors are like really he seemed like he seemed so decent quite, you know he seemed like, so <laughs> down to earth you know <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like a people person <laughs> but anyway i i really enjoyed marcus um ivy didn't work for me as much um I don't know if it's just because I'm used to Ivy being more of the, um, you know, seductress type character and and whatnot, but I didn't feel like this Ivy was very sexy. And I feel like it was just all about the eco-terrorism. I've
0: got good news for you. That means you're not attracted to toxic women. Okay.
1: However,
0: there's a portion of the audience who probably found her sexy.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but again, yeah, like... Um, I don't know. It just was like, okay, she's just an eco-terrorist. And it was about giving her a happy ending, which I also didn't really understand. Like, we're going to drop her off on Lee and and she's going to live there with renee <laughs> and i
2: i didn't know why we had renee, to give her a the group of paramilitary soldiers that apparently either also <laughs> live there or just show up there and, at random and whichever times. of
1: oliver's like descendants randomly ends up on yeah, Yu at any yeah, given time they all have know like, every descendant it was- has <laughs> to train on lean
2: you that's a prerequisite <laughs>
4: It was Coriana.
1: You
3: know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I thought when they woke up on the plane, it was going to be. You're right. It was Coriana because I was laughing at Beth. I was like, "Oh my God, they're going to take poison ivy to Lee and you." And it was like, "Oh no," they said Coriana, but I was, Here I is. was sure
2: it was going to be Lee and you. So, this is poison ivy's redemption arc so is, is she... she makes her own vine designed bow all natural <laughs> and she just becomes the new <laughs> emerald archer she can make the uh she, she can make list.
1: the desert rose perfume that we talked yeah! about
2: last season there we go <laughs> that's it that's her way back in as like the billionaire philanthropist playgirl
1: but <laughs> <laughs> no see I saw this whole thing of her being on Lian <laughs> you for 5 years so in season 8 of Batwoman she could be like after 5 years in hell I've come back with one mission <laughs> I <laughs> think do... after seeing
0: so many I guess in the DCCW universe in general we see a lot of villains who are captured or detained or whatever and it's just sort of like they disappear from view in a you know we're not specifying an ending for them but it's an unhappy ending they're Mm -hmm. in you know some kind of prison or detention place somewhere it was kind of nice to see a villain get you know like a medium happy ending like she still is sort of in isolation and she doesn't really have her life back and she's got this you know relationship that still needs some work to get back together but I, i i thought that was it was nice to see and it was nice to see for a character that you're not necessarily super rooting for the whole season like there's sometimes where I don't know maybe it's just me but I'm sort of rooting for villains I'm either rooting for them to get redemption or I'm rooting for them to have you know to enact their master plan or get to, to some that. sort of end and you're not really as if you were rooting for the OG Poison Ivy you're just kind of wanting to be entertained by her storyline so that made it more gratifying to get like Uh, a medium if you watch the good place a medium place happy ending
1: (laughs) well here's the I guess here's the thing for me I wasn't entertained by her story because this whole idea that she actually has a relationship and is in love with someone like I know that's like kind of how they've taken some of like later ivy stuff with harlequin like there you have but the whole point of poison ivy is supposed to be she hates all humans and only loves paleant so giving her a relationship i feel like is sort of fundamentally flawed okay but for isn't that like, the ivy. cutest
0: thing ever when you have like this really terrible awful villain and like they hate everybody and they only like love their evil master plan but then they have a soft spot for one person that's so romantic it's like really I, toxic and terrible it's like, but it's like very Lex romantic
1: you know,
3: yeah. <laughs>
4: oh, <Exactly>. oh <laughs> She's going to destroy the dam, but then she's going to go home and Netflix and chill with Renee. I mean, total you know, from the couch. That makes sense. You know? That's, they've That's got what like I want to ep- do
2: at the end of the day with any of my villainous plans. Right. So. I mean,
4: they've got like three more episodes of Inventing Anna to watch. And, exactly. you know, I mean, and... Yeah, Pam has theories.
0: Isn't there like a tiny dark part of you that kind of relates to a villain who like hates all of humanity except for maybe one person on a good day? Like, <laughs> I think there's like a little bit of relatability. Like it's not sexy, but it's kind of romantic.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. This, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like the- It gives him- it gives them
0: depth <laughs> for those listening who can't see this i did not get like a clear not agreement
3: <laughs> to anybody relating to that they were just sort of
0: like eh, no like some of us are healthy and well adjusted okay
1: i mean yeah i just guess like if i really love just the one person like the manipulation and everything that we saw and place from both sides from both of these people who were both kind of garbage human beings like didn't i don't know it didn't really inspire me with the romanticness of it
0: that's so healthy of you <laughs>
2: i mean the funny thing is 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 it but it is a relatable aspect of a relationship in the real world it really is because i see this in all kinds of relationships hell uh i see it in my sister's relationships i hate oh, to call her geez. out but i mean it's it's the thing it's just like you That's get into a toxic relationship <laughs> yeah. and then you're like oh but like it's not that bad right uh and then you realize how bad it is and then for they whatever reason, the well yeah and then like you feel guilt <laughs> like over like the way you ended things Um, Like it was unfair and like, you need to fix it. Like that's really common psychology with people in toxic relationships. So I get what they were saying. It just feels even more outside the realm of reality because it's a super powered person who Mm -hmm. doesn't care about people at all. She is a psychopath in many Mm -hmm. ways. And then this person who's supposed to be like GCPD, Detective, like I was, I was going for high marks. Like I was, you know, I have fought from the ground up in a man's world to be a strong police officer. And just to see her like so broken by that dynamic. Uh, it was like the Lex Luthor thing
1: this pl- last season where like how like fixated she was on Pam was like what they did with Lex and how fixated he was on whatever the name of that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even I remember do, the name of that character anymore.
2: <laughs> I do feel bad for how Pam was dealt with. Like that. that painted a whole new light for me in terms of like what I've seen Batman do. And I mean, I've seen Batman do extreme things. In comics or other mediums like for god's sakes this is the guy who was just like i have a contingency plan in case literally any member of the justice league goes rogue like i i have that it's a thing and then a bad guy got it and was just like we're gonna use the thing and it was just like yeah that wasn't smart um but this was like a different level of like yeah. tone deaf brutality from Bruce that like I've never really expected like he's never come across as like the guy who's just like I'm going to do the most extreme thing to put this person away so people just forget she ever existed like I'm not gonna kill you was. but I'll
1: tu- I'll mummify you
4: <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's my yeah. yeah I mean for eternity it's, that's like yeah. that's Bruce's own hang up right there literally the mercy thing would have been to kill her
2: yeah
1: you know like
4: but this was intense he t- um you know? yeah.
2: But I was it was one of those where I do like what they did with the Joker in many ways um, with this like replacement, because he is he's new, he's younger, he's got a hipper style, (laughs) more to like the young generation now, like they CW'd the crap out of the Joker. (laughs) He's not Um, your
4: father's Joker.
2: (laughs) No, he's not your daddy's Joker at all. But he (laughs) I, I don't know. There's aspects of the character I enjoyed, but there are other aspects that I, I was just like, this is such a weird belief. But then I go, wait, nobody recognizes Superman with glasses on. So it's not um, because he rep- it, there never felt like a time that he wasn't like, I'm kind of a crazy person. Even before he like started donning makeup, those fashion senses or whatever to like feel Joker-esque. Before any of that starts happening, he was kind of already that way. And it feels like like everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's just Mr. Jet. That's just how he is. He's a little unhinged but we're okay
1: with it apparently killed his father but you know yeah, nobody's yeah, we yeah. swept that under the rug yeah, yeah it's nobody. fine uh so
2: so my again there's i felt like there were definitely moments where there had to be a lot of suspension of belief to like buy the character because it's like after he holds the gala where like people are literally getting electrocuted on stage in front of lots of other rich people <laughs> and like that's not mentioned Really, at any point hey, after the war. Hey, that's a wild that rich kid
1: party. I mean, you know, yeah, how often do like of rich of kids... kids get together and just electrocute
2: each other? all the time he was <laughs> curing them he was doing that That's what it is. he was you know if you don't join me and stay a psychopath i'll make you not a psychopath
4: exactly uh, that one dude had arthritis <laughs> and now his hands feel great <laughs>
2: right i was just like uh... so there were aspects of it i liked. i just i don't know and then it it got i don't it felt something just felt weird to me about the dynamic though of the whole like oh my brother's the Joker. Because like we've said, it was very much like season one-ish, where it was just like, oh, we have to go back to a sibling's the villain, like the main villain. And you have to fix the sibling. And I'm a little – and that's – it, it's it's tired. Like that trope is tired to me. It's just like, no – You don't. And the funny thing is, and I've said it before, and it's a psychological basis of things. You can't fix people who don't want to be fixed, but somehow a joy buzzer can just do it, whether they want it or not.
1: Like that, that, that ending where it's like, I can't wait to get to meet my brother. I can't wait to get to meet my sister. It's like, you know, so even, okay. Even if you somehow fix something in the brain, he's got years and years of his life like 10 he's 15 years where he <laughs> was acting this different way his personality felt different like doesn't he remember that if he does remember that isn't that traumatic in and of itself knowing you've done horrible things God. even if you no longer have the feelings to do those things okay it, it's called a joy buzzer not a bummer buzzer <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. cuz it's like it's like if he, so okay he's fine now what are the consequences? What's the fallout? Like None. he tried he tried to bomb an entire city with a blimp. A huge blimp that <laughs> I don't I still don't understand how his it was mother's hidden rich from anybody. I just don't <laughs> understand how like nobody in Gotham ever noticed a blimp being moved built installed shipped like anything no, no, <laughs> no, no. It it was something I would case. like
0: to see addressed in upcoming seasons is this idea of consequences and maybe that's something that could is a storyline that best paced for one of the final seasons consequences for individuals who we've acknowledged that was some sort of extenuating circumstance somewhere on the scale of how controlled they were how in control of their mind they were they were somewhere where they didn't have full control and maybe it's not fully their fault what are their consequences we've talked a little bit about mary i'm quite biased i'm like Mary never intentionally did anything wrong ever a day in her life. She should face no consequences. (laughs) She's perfect. But I get those who are asking, you know, what are the consequences for this? How much was she in control? What, what choices did she make in her own mind that she should have to pay for? Should she be feeling guilt for things that she couldn't control, et cetera. It's the same question for our pseudo-Joker brother. What, sh- what consequences should he face and will he be held to those same standards? I think this is an interesting discussion because I've now heard this come up in the past year from both DC and Marvel. We had these same conversations after WandaVision. What consequences should she face and in how much control of her mind was she? And all of these characters are somewhere different on the scale. There's different degrees of control. But over the course of multiple seasons, we're going to see this happen over and over again, where our heroes and villains and everyone in between are going to be making bad choices. And when are they going to face consequences for that? And how does that relate to their mental state at the time? I'm guessing Batwoman may be one of the better shows to handle that when that conversation is addressed.
2: Well, because they did it well with Luke, I think. Uh, In many ways, like when Luke was going through his personal struggles in season two, I think they addressed that so well uh, on a lot of fronts, just you know being in general, being a black man in any situation having to do with law enforcement, Um, The fact that, you know, he he's on death's doorstep and like we touch on that even in this season, he's still dealing with that PTSD and and it is about like, how does he work through that? How do his friends help him work through that? Are they there for them? So I, I agree with you. I think very much like this series does it. The best out of all of them, yeah, Oliver, fair. there's never any, you know, it's just trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that he's created himself almost the majority of the time and they just I mean, don't fix it. It's just like, no, that's just Oliver. He's just, he's the Batman of arrows that's what he is
1: oliver you're my brother but you make every bad decision that could possibly be made (laughs) because your name's martha as well (laughs) i
2: mean i I
4: kind of have to disagree though because like this season has been all over the place with consequences i do i mean i I honestly think and and i've said on past episodes of this podcast i really hope they didn't redeem alice and and now i take that back because they're because they're doing it slowly they're not doing it in the whole over season or season to redeem her um But this season has had been all over the place for consequences. I mean, we're saying, oh, there have to be consequences for Marcus. There's not going to be. Poison Ivy has killed probably hundreds, and her consequences. We're going to give you an island nation to rule. You know, (laughs) I mean, so I just I don't see it. Except for Alice, who maybe they're going to take their time with her. Mary. Is like even even she's getting, she's gonna feel a little internally guilty, but that's re- really about it. So I, I think they have a long way to go before they really address consequences.
1: Yeah i mean overall i've been happy with how they handled like the various villains like whether they picked up a gimmick or whether it was the original villain and everything i was pretty happy with that and i'm hoping that they do establish consequences because yeah the whole like ryan now with a happy family and like there's gonna be no bad side to any of this like I, i don't know what they're gonna do with that but it leaves me feeling kind of like the mega happy ending I didn't really feel like was justified for a show like Batwoman. And so we'll, we'll just have to see how they spin it if they do a season four or if they don't do a season four, if they're going to try to merge in some of the characters with some of the other shows or, or what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, we gotta, we gotta wrap it out now. Um, if there's anything you want to see absolutely in a season four, you can say it as part of your shout outs, but uh, uh, we gotta, we gotta get going. So yeah, um, Cammy, why don't you say your goodbyes, let people know where they can find you?
0: Well, it has been wonderful chatting with you all this afternoon. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, at Cammie Ray. I tend to do a live on Twitter every Wednesday nights talking about the woman that made TV great this week and the men who were somewhat tolerable.
1: <laughs> all right. And James, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
2: Yeah, uh, you can find me at Roman on the Rocks uh, Twitter twitch uh TikTok, pretty much anything it's roman on the rocks and i'm out there uh usually talking these days uh about uh you know mental health um, and promoting positive mental health steps and things like that so by all means find me on TikTok. i talk a lot about that stuff
1: all right excellent and ryan why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you
4: well uh never saying goodbye but you can search for me on facebook and twitter and won't get a response but go for it uh you can also check out my website there it's a thing that exists and uh yeah who knows maybe next season will i mean i think i'm getting cw burnout because batwoman and superman and lois are the only
1: thing i'm enjoying nowadays <laughs> you i tried I, riverdale <laughs> <laughs> i mean i add star girl to that list personally Stargirl, yes uh, but Stargirl. yeah no I, I i'm completely there with you but uh yeah ryan james and cammy thank you so much for being on the show Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. And that's it for our Batwoman episode. And that's really the end of when we're going to talk about Batwoman at all, as we count down to the end of the Arrowverse. But we're still curious what you think about this episode, because we're going to have episodes like this. We're going to talk about the end of other Arrowverse shows coming up in the next several months. So what do you think? What do you like? What don't you like? You can let us know in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42 castcom Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com. Leave us a review on any of the episodes. You can also go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also tweet to us. Yes, we're still on Twitter. I know that's, uh, you know, (laughs) it might not be there by the time this episode comes out, but we're still on Twitter. So you can tweet to us at 42cast. Or you can go on Instagram at 42cast and leave us comments there. And you can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And with Apple Podcasts, it really does help because the more reviews we get, the more they likely we are to show up in searches. So I'd appreciate it. I'm sure my castmates would appreciate it. So please, if you have an Apple account, do leave us a review. I'd also like to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon. That's where you can help all the shows on the network. You can look at the various tiers that are offered and see the various perks you can get for those tiers. And you can do that by going to patreon.com ESO Network. If you feel like you can contribute anything, we would definitely appreciate that. You can also find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes to follow along with us, because we explain everything important that happens at the show. So if you just want to listen to us and our banter, you can do that. But you'll definitely get more out of it if you do have a way of following along with the episodes, either by streaming with BritBox or you have the physical media. So that is Time Streams, and if that sounds interesting to you, definitely check that out. The other show is Legendary Forces. That's where Juliet and I, again, but also joined by Joe, Corey, and Ashley, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. It's all the movies, TV shows, comics, novels, basically anything that's set in the Star Wars universe. We go through it, we tell you what we think of the quality of the media itself, but then we also talk about it in the context of the expanding idea of what Star Wars is. So if that sounds interesting to you, that is Legendary Forces, definitely check that out. So Chicago TARDIS is behind us. I had hoped to be able to get what panels that I was going to be on out there, but I just did not have the time, basically. By the time I knew what panels, I had already recorded everything that I was going to record for 42 cast episodes going out, so there wasn't really a lot of time for that. But looking at C2E2 this year, I know I already said that I'd go to Fan Expo Chicago. I'm going to be looking at that as well. But C2E2 is going to have... The voice actor, William Daniels, who played Kit on Knight Rider. And I don't think I can pass that up. (laughs) Knight Rider was such an amazing show, and Kit was the best part about it. So talking to the person who did that voice is something that would be really special for me. So I think that I'm going to go to C2E2. Hopefully they'll add some other guests that I'll be interested in, but I definitely don't want to miss the chance of talking to William Daniels, especially because he's getting quite up there in years. So yeah, I'll be de- going to that con. I'll definitely be going to Chicago TARDIS again this year. Probably won't be making it to Dragon Con, although that there's still like a small chance, even though there's not a big one, but uh, I'll definitely keep you posted on that. Beth and I are watching Andor right now. We're really enjoying that one. So, watch this space for when the episode for that is going to come out. But yeah, I think I've been going long enough here. Join us back next week when Amber Rose Riva will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.